Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he's always the same. That's me. Grumpy, how are you doing this fine Saturday evening? Very good. Thank you. Yourself? Not, not too bad. Are you are you hooked up with your mic? You're coming in really loud. Maybe I've got I got to mess with my soundboard here for a second. Just you're always full of complaints. No, no, I'm just making sure I, it sounds well there on my side. Um, no, Grumpy, but yes, you're happy. You were. <laughs> we run a little late today. Um, what a shock! <laughs> for those on the I, I don't know why you tell people the show is going to start at eight. You might as well just say eight thirty. Then you just get ready for eight, and then it'll be eight thirty. I really intended on being here on time. You're and never on time. Ever. I'm somewhat on time. Sometimes. Never. Uh, well, never. welcome everyone to the show. For those of you who are new to the channel, this is a twice a week All Islanders podcast that takes place every Wednesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sometimes we run a little late. Just sometimes. Once in a blue moon, we run a little late. Can I just tell you something? Yeah. I watched something on YouTube and... It was an older clip or whatever. And a guy came on. He's like, and I, you know, he does like little split, you know, little snippets like of our show, like Tony Cheese is supposed to do for our thing. But uh, he comes in and he goes, I am so sorry that I'm 10 minutes late today. There is no excuse. I'm embarrassed that I'm late. And I thought, you know what? This guy thinks the same way I do. There's only one member of our team that doesn't think like that. <laughs> There's one member of the Islanders Never Say Die podcast uh, group that doesn't that doesn't share that sentiment, Grumpy, and I think it's you. Yeah. I'm always the guy who's saying, Grump, we got to be on time. Mm-hmm. Grumpy right. is. Uh... Right. <laughs> anyway, okay. for those of you who knew the show, though, welcome again. Twice a week, all Islanders podcast. We cover Islanders on Wednesdays and Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time live, um, and then we post them afterwards the next day uh on you know pretty much everywhere you can find a podcast itunes etc but if you we number one if you're new to the channel we invite you to stick around a while we invite you to subscribe on youtube to like on facebook and to follow on twitter also if you enjoy the content and you say you know what i do enjoy what tj and the grumpy old man go out there they go out there speaking their truth speaking about the islanders allowing the voice of the people to be heard Go ahead and make sure to leave a little thumbs up. Today we're having a call-in episode, as always. I know their their favorites, you know, people who listen to the show uh, live really do enjoy the call-ins, and it's been a while, so I think we're about quarter, we're a little bit more than a quarter of the way through the season. We're going to go ahead and obviously want to ask you guys what you think to this quarter waypoint. You know, what do you think about the team? What do you think, We, you know, are you, obviously I think most people will be impressed with what we've seen early on this year regarding the point total. But, um, you know, kind of what are your concerns and what are you happy about? So I just want to gauge gauge the people, Grump. Well, we're almost at the th- uh, the third of the league's uh, – third of the season's gone. Right? Another, what, three games? Third of the season's gone. Sure. Yeah, I was about to say a third waypoint. Okay. Yeah. It, doesn't, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't come off as clean as a quarter of the way. But, yeah, we're about a third of the way through the season. Um, obviously, most recently, the Islanders lost yesterday to the Nashville Predators. It seems like again, we again. can never beat the Predators. Yeah, again. It's one of those bugaboo teams right now, right? Can't beat them. Remember when, when I think we lost like 14 straight games to those dreaded, filthy Delphia Flyers? Yeah. 
Oh, that was war. Of course, that was way worse than this. But still, it's like certain teams kind of have your number for a while, and that seems just, that's the way Nashville has been the last couple of years. Yeah, Nashville. It, it's a game. Here's the thing. I liked what I saw from the Islanders yesterday, though. Right? I could say that. I like the way we played. Well, the third like period. I mean, I thought we were great in the third period. It's just, but we come out flat to start games. I, I'm baffled. I, I can't. I don't understand it. I don't understand. We, you know, we've always talked about how dominant of a third period team the Islanders have been this year, leading the NHL in goals scored in the third period, almost around a goal and a half a game every third period. You know, so anytime you're scoring about one and a half goals in the third period alone, you're doing something right to close out games. And yesterday against Nashville, we really poured on pressure. I, to be honest with you, I did not think we were going to lose that game entering that third period. Nashville had just come off. They were on the second end of a back-to-back scenario, and they looked absolutely exhausted when we were putting pressure on them in the third period. I really thought we were going to be able to strike and, and not that game up. And a backup goalie as well. That too. I mean... The backup goalie, you know, tell me this is not usual Islanders. We haven't seen it yet this year, but the backup goalie in there looks like Dominic Hasek. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. good. Yeah, I agree. And that's usually the way it's been in the past, but, you know, recently not so much. I just thought we were so dominant third. I, I think I even called Jeff TJ and I'm like, uh, we're going to win this game. I, I yeah. didn't think there was any way we were losing that game, not one. And then when we scored the goal, to make it two to one, I'm like, all right, this we're absolutely coming back. That bars yeah. all goal, which was brilliant. Um, and I just they we just couldn't close the deal. I just I, I'm I'm shocked. Again, though, as we saw with Philadelphia, if we have a team that we're playing and their goaltender is really good, we're gonna struggle. We're gonna struggle. We've been lucky this year playing teams with their goaltending, a lot of times backups just look like horse manure out there um and that was not the case last night i mean their backup goalie was really really good he was really good lacking in or lacking in right yeah, yeah lincoln in. He, he played extremely well 48 saves on 49 shot attempts so you know sometimes a goalie just going to run across a hot goalie i like the way we looked last night you know we've talked about it before early on in the season obviously it's nice to come away with points when you're playing you know, as many points as possible, but I care more about how the team looks and how it's playing. I, I told you we went through a stretch where I was not very confident. I wasn't very pleased with the way this type of hockey we were playing. And I know maybe people are going to look at it and say, well, we lost to, we lost to the flyers recently and now we've lost there to the predators and we're about to get to a hard portion of our schedule. And that is true. December, the third through December to 27 is going to be the hardest stretch the New York Islanders have this year. Yeah. I think we, who do we have next? I think we have, don't we have Chicago, Chicago tomorrow, Chicago tomorrow. Okay. So that's, sh- that should be a win because mm-hmm. their goaltending is terrible. They're, they're a bad team. Um, I think they're going to be on a back to back. So that's somebody we should handle pretty easily. I guess Varlamov probably gets a start in that one. I would think. Yeah, I don't think it's Chicago. I don't think Chicago's playing. Oh, yeah, Chicago's playing the Rangers tonight. They're up yeah. one nothing. Look at this. You know, remember, everybody used to complain a lot about the, the easy or the tough schedule we had last year. How many times have we played teams on the second end of a back to back when we've got fresh legs? This will be our second time. There's really, there. 
I, I would be shocked if you find a way to lose to the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks are not a team we should lose to tomorrow. They're abysmal. They're bad. Yeah. Very bad. Absolutely. I mean, you, you'll look when, when everything ends today, right? Uh, right now, the Penguins are up against Grumpy. They're up against the Blues 5-2. to two. So the Penguins are going to have 30 points with 25 games played, just like the Islanders do as well. They've righted the ship, without yeah. a doubt. I was hoping that, okay, maybe the Penguins are done. That makes it better for us getting in the playoffs. They've righted the ship. They've absolutely straightened themselves out. They're playing really well right now, unfortunately for us. Yeah, and you know, early on in the year, it's more about how we play because points will sort themselves out towards the tail end of the year. They always do. When you start getting to the meat and potatoes portion of the of the season, when injuries start to pile up, when when it gets tough on every team, that's where you like to say, right? Maybe a few bounces didn't go our way early on, but we like the way we've played. I like the way we played against the National Predators. Um, Sorokin again has been fantastic this year. Uh, you know, it's it's one of these though. We we really want to come away with points <laughs> against the Blackhawks and then against the Blues that we play after that before the yeah. schedule really starts to get tough. Yeah, I think we got the the Devils right and the Devils after the Blackhawks and then it's the Blues. Um, no, give me a sec. I'll pull it up for us. You keep doing this all the time though. We play the 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 Blackhawks on tomorrow tomorrow at seven thirty Eastern Standard Time. Then we play the Blues on Tuesday. 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. Then we get Wednesday, Thursday off, and then we're on this trip of really tough games. The The Devils on Friday, then the Hurricanes that Saturday, the Bruins on Tuesday, then we get a little bit of a rest, and the Coyotes on Friday, the Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday. So the schedule really starts to ramp up. Yeah. Okay. Well, like I said, as I've mentioned previously, this is where we're going to find out what the team's made of. Are we a team that's a legit playoff contender? Or are we just kind of pretenders? I think we're, just like we've mentioned multiple times, an above-average team. I think we're a team that either finishes, makes the postseason on a very, very close there to, hey, we're around seven or eight. I don't, I don't envision us winning the division. I don't envision us finishing second in the division. I do see us maybe finishing towards the tail end of the division, but finding a way in through either a wild card or maybe the third spot in the division. And, um, you know, we could also be on the outside looking in. I, I see both of those as legitimate realities. And the Rangers are playing like dogs, which is great for us. Yeah. Um, that would be your number four spot, right, if we're fighting. for. I just think Pittsburgh is just like they do every year somehow. And Crosby's been really, really good. You, um, really quickly, you talked about the Rangers playing like dogs. They're only three points behind us. Okay. Well, but I still think they're playing like dogs. Um, I don't think we are, but I think they are considering their talent level. Let me just put it to you that way. I think the Rangers are more talented club than we are, um, but they're not as good as us in the standings. That's those are just facts. Yeah. So I know it's you know we're in a spot grump to where it's it's almost like we're getting ready. We don't know what's coming out. It's like when you're riding a roller coaster and you just see it's going up and up and up and up and up, and you don't know what's coming on the way down or what the ride looks like on the way down. And I feel like that's what we're sitting here. We're like, at least I am. I'm sitting here somewhat antsy. I'm just like, oh, God, I'm ready to start seeing how we look against tough competition over this stretch in December. Just got to start. Just got to keep winning games. Um, I, I just like more consistent effort. Not even effort because I don't think it's not the guys aren't playing. We just seem like we start flat. 
and the third period were phenomenal, as we were last night. But, you know, when you fall behind too much in the first two periods, it's tough to come back every night. And it's going to be even more, it's going to be even more difficult when you're facing better competition. Let me ask you this. You talk about coming out flat. Is any of that on the coach? Is any of that on Lane Lambert? Right. We've been very Lane Lambert's done a lot of things extremely well this season. I think, right? Riding the hot hand, riding Sorokin, having more buy-in from players, all of these things he's done a fantastic job in. You and I kind of talked a little bit off air. Maybe we mentioned this earlier on at a podcast early in the season. But is this at all on the coach if you start off slow every single game? Well, you realize under Barry Trotz, we did the exact same thing. We'd come out flat. We'd have a terrible first period, rebound in the second, or we'd have a good first period and just fall asleep in the second. I I, at some point in time, you got to put it on the players, don't you? I don't know. The the reason I'm kind of pausing on that is we have opportunities in the first. I mean, like the players, we know what we are, right? We are who we are, I think, regarding our player personnel group. We've been like that from the start. But if we came out and we looked the same way as we did in the third period consistently, well, yeah. You know, if we looked kind of mediocre every single period, it'd be different. I just think there's such a stark difference between how we look in the first period compared to how we look almost on a nightly basis in the third period. That is it on the players? Maybe. I, I don't know. I think what it what what happens in between, what happens during that second intermission that causes the Islanders to really go ahead and amp up their game and their effort level. Because it's not just it's not just their game takes a step forward. The effort level does too. You see on their forecheck, right? They change it to where, hey, if we're down, no longer remaining with a three-man forecheck, we're going with a four-man forecheck every single time we have zone entry. I, I just think that it's just, it's like we're lacking urgency until we get to the third period. I just, I, I don't understand it. And like I said, same group of guys, right, that we've had for a number of years. They did the same thing under Trotz and doing the same thing under Lambert. I I mean, at some point in time, you got to kind of look in the mirror as players, don't you? I mean. Dude, okay, what do you mean look in the mirror as a player? Look in the mirror. Hey, <laughs> guys, we're coming out flat every game. Maybe Captain Average should come out and say, hey, guys. We need you to come out there and play a little bit tougher in the first and second periods. Oh, Maybe God. he needs to do something like that. I don't know. But here's the thing. It's disturbing. It's disturbing. It's not just a one-off. or so. It's like that's like what our MO for this year so far. Play like below average hockey the first two periods for the most part and then come on like gangbusters in the third. It makes for very exciting hockey for fans to watch because, you know, you'd be lying as a fan if you said going into that third period, you didn't expect us to score another one to, to equalize that game. Once Barzal scored and we were just pouring pressure on him, I said, this is it. They look slow. They can't get the puck out of their own zone. You know, we've got power play opportunities. And we I think about how many power play opportunities we had yesterday. And we just kind of just failed by the wayside. Think about how many spectacular saves Sorokin has to make to yeah. even get it to that point. And that's what I'm saying. If if he's not sensational in the first two periods of just about every game, we're down four goals, five goals, and then there's no coming back. I mean, it's 
it's I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is. Maybe Lane Lane Lambert needs to have like a cattle prod on it. Hit one of those guys. Get him out there. You need to get out there. You need to skate hard. I'm going to hit you. Well, that's that's my pro. thing, right? Lane Lambert's a very emotional coach. I wonder if it's like he is the impetus in between intermissions that helps that helps spur on the effort of the players. I'm not sure. Nobody's in the locker room, so nobody has an idea on that one. It's either one or two things, right? You got to look inward and say, hey, we're professionals. We need to have more consistent effort across three periods. Or it's like Lane is able to do something where he's able to, to rally the troops almost on a nightly basis in the third period. Or maybe the troops rally themselves. I don't know. It's just to see there's such a difference between what period one and two look like compared to what period three look like is just very bizarre and interesting. Yeah, I don't think it's interesting. It's bizarre, and I just wish we'd be feeling better in the first two periods. Then every doesn't – what happens if we get an injury to Sorokin? Yeah, we're done. God forbid, right? Or to Barzal. This team's done. I mean, toast. As good as uh, Varlamov has played in the backup role, he's not Sorokin. And offensively, I mean, look at our defense. Our defense is below the the blue below the uh, end line a lot of times. I think our defense, again, like we've talked about it, goaltending is the only thing that's keeping us in games this year and keeping us in a position where we are. Our defending has not been very strong for what we've seen. Oh, grumpy. Is that the second grape drink? But I'll tell you, our defense has not been good from what we've seen so far this this year, from what we had expected. Romanoff was supposed to cure all of those issues. He was supposed to be the magical elixir, grumpy old man. He was not supposed to be the magical elixir. Stop trying to sell him as somebody who rides up in the Old West and they whip something. Hey, this magical elixir is going to fix your he was supposed broken to teeth. Falling no, out hair. No, no, no. He was supposed to help significantly on the defensive side of the puck. That's why we gave up the 13th overall pick for a guy who's a steady Eddie defenseman, Grump. You remember? That's why. He's got growth for offense. He's a great. He's really physical. He really played well. Look at this. He's got 100 games in the NHL. He's really a good stalwart on the defensive side of the puck. He hasn't been that. Yeah, but he to me, he's always just been a defensive defenseman. Okay? That's what he's been. And I think he's has he excelled in that role. No. He okay. Okay. He does some things extremely well. To me, his biggest issue is positioning and uh, positioning and awareness, hockey sense, if you will. Positioning, I think that's where he struggled. Positioning, awareness, and the penalty box. Those yeah. are his three biggest issues. He but spends he, a lot of time in the penalty box, too. He did that for Montreal as well. The older you get, I'd like to think you're going to clean up your game a little bit because as a top four defenseman, you can't be in the box. I mean, he's been – think about it. He was gifted. He was given that top four defenseman role when he first stepped in. They wanted him and Dobson to be the pairing together. They tried it out for about 15 to 20 games, and they said, that's not working. You're just – you know, you're you're not – you know, the, the relationship you guys have just isn't there yet, and he got moved there to Scott Mayfield's line, the bottom line. He's 22. You said the older you get, he's 22. He's still a very young player. He's 22. He's played like 130 games in the NHL. Okay, but he's still a young player. He's 22. I'm not saying he doesn't have room for growth. I'm saying if this was a team, right, that was designed to say, we have to win now if we're going to win, that was not a smart acquisition. <sighs> okay. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. 
you're asking me to to, uh, uh, what, to bring it back to the point of it, right? I said that I think our defense, right? Romanoff was supposed to help cure some of the issues on the defensive side of the puck. The only reason we are in games is because of fantastic goaltending. We have been giving up more premium opportunities against less or against you know against lesser quality teams, I'd say, than we gave up last year under the Barry Trot system. Okay. But remember, the style, we've changed stylistically. Correct. Where the defensemen are in, totally engaged in the offensive end. So, I mean. Correct. Now, what would Romanoff look if we played the style that we did last year? I'd Maybe argue, uh, well, it doesn't matter, but I'd argue that we'd be better defensively than if we had Chara in there. Well, that's that was my point. I thought even with the system change that we're going to be – because. This year, we have relied heavily upon our defense to create points and opportunities for us. In the past, under Barry Trotz, we had not done that. And, you know, what I was expecting, right, we're going to see more chances coming the other way, but Romanoff is an upgrade, right? Most people have said Romanoff is an upgrade over, you know, however many-year-old Zdeno Chara he and 39-year-old Andy Green, but yet we're giving up so many more chances just because different, just because we're different stylistically. Yes, because we're the, the defense is fully engaged on offense, which means they're not laying back, being ultra-conservative, moving the puck up. That's just not how we play anymore. So there's going to be rushes coming back the other way, and you're gonna, your goal is going to have to be spectacular, and ours has been so far. I don't think it, so you're not you're not putting, just, you're not putting any you're not putting any blame on on defensive woes at times you just say that's not because here's the thing what i'm trying to get at grumpy is i think when we start to see things get tight and we will go through scoring droughts our defense if if our goaltending is not making fantastic saves we're going to notice the warts on the defensive side of the puck and awful they're going to be much more grotesque and unseemly when that starts occurring okay what do you think our team would have looked like last year if we had Zdeno Char and Andy Green rushing up, going behind the net, trying to score goals. How do you think Not that good. would have been coming back? Not good. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Defense is a team game. It's not just the defensemen, okay? I'm going to say most of our defensemen haven't, with the exception of maybe Scott Mayfield, defensively have looked shaky at times this year. But the whole thing is it's because defense is a team game. Your forwards have to come back as well. Are we fast enough in that transition from offense to defense? Sometimes it doesn't seem like it. I mean, it just, it's, I knew it was going to be different. And Sorokin's had to stand on his head. And for the most part, he has this year. That's correct. I'm just saying is, right, we said he's favored to win the Vesna about a third of the way through the NHL season. Does he play at that same level? Or do we see that? He's been spectacular. His numbers better than Shesterkin's that year when he had that last year, when he would, he looked like he was God mode out there on the ice. So do I expect Sorokin to have a better year this year than Shesterkin did? Who knows? I, I just, I don't want to have to be relying upon that though. You know what I mean? What I'm thinking about, because right, the goal, it's not, the goal is not to make the playoffs. The goal is to win the cup. You okay. don't want to be relying upon your goalie having to be spectacular every single night for you to be in games. But playing this system, that's what he has to be. It's the only way for us to get more goals. We're scoring more goals this year, and our right. goaltender has to be sensational, saving a whole bunch of high-danger chances. Well, it's not really been that case. That hasn't been the case the last number of years. 
under Barry Trotz, it was like, you know, we were buttoned up first defensively and whatever happens offensively happens. That's not the case now. We're being more proactive in the offensive zone. So there's going to be, I mean, you give, you have to take away from something else, right? If you're, if you have the same cast and crew that we had last year who couldn't score at all, and then you have this year we're able to score. Well, what's the difference? Because the defense is relying more, is engaging more offensively, and therefore, you know, there are going to be opportunities coming the other way because you still only have five guys on the ice at one time. And not everybody's Bobby Orr with skating ability, certainly not on this team. I just really thought, and again, I, I don't disagree with those points. I thought Romanoff was going to be such a step above what 44-year-old Zidane Chara was, that even with putting more pressure in the offensive zone, he's a better skater. You feel like you know he won't be as good positionally because Chara, that's a thing where he really excelled. Unbelievable positional defenseman. Absolutely he was. But he's going to be better skater. He's going to be more athletic. He's going to be more mobile at this stage in his age. So he'll be able to get up and down the ice with more efficiency than a guy like Chara ever would. So it's a wash, but it hasn't been. And that's my thing. We have, if our goaltending was not unbelievable, top goalie in the NHL, we'd be we'd be in a very different situation than we are right now. So we're very fortunate that we are. I'm just worrying, is that in the postseason, is that going to carry us? That's always the thing, Grump. Well, you got to make the playoffs first. But, you know, hot goalies can take you a long way in the playoffs. They can. But when you, have to rely, when you have to rely upon your goalie, so much so early. Just look what happened with Shesterkin. He, I wouldn't say he was stellar in the postseason last year, would you? He was not, not. The, not at the same level he was in the regular season. Okay, the reason is it's the playoffs are a different animal. Okay, that I believe that was Shesterkin's first trip to the playoffs. Correct? Couldn't tell you. I mean, but he was okay, but it's a little bit different. The intensity is more. The teams who've been there before know what it takes to win playoff series. I mean, I think the Rangers were lucky. I'm just that, talking about the goalie. I'm talking about the goalie. We don't need to talk about anything. Okay. Goalie play. He but, let in weak goals in the postseason. He wouldn't have let in the regular season. Well, that's my point. If Pittsburgh and Carolina didn't have third-string goalies in there, the Rangers don't even get out of the first round. That's okay. So, because it wasn't Sesterkin who held them up last year. It was their offense at the end of the day. And if that's the case, if that's going to be the case with the Islanders, we're not going anywhere in the playoffs. That's what I'm trying to ask because he was relied upon. It's like, let's imagine like this, like I'm going to use a baseball analogy, like when a pitcher today, right? You don't see pitchers throwing really for over 200 innings. But if your team is so bad that you're going to require your pitcher to throw 300 innings, or you're going to require your goalie to make fantastic acrobatic saves night in, night out over 60 of an 82 game season, how much do you expect him to have left in the tank, even if he's in the prime of his career come the postseason? That's all I'm saying. Can we look at Shesterkin's performance last year, as amazing as it was, and say he dropped off a little bit in the postseason? I worry that Sorokin, same exact trajectory. Unbelievable regular season, looking like he's going to win the Vesna. Can he continue that over the rest of the season in the postseason? That's all. Well, Sorokin- I'm just saying I would like, I'd like for us positionally for certain members of the defensive side of the puck to take a, take a step up in their game. I just don't think that Sorokin is going to play as many regular season games as Shesterkin did last year. That's all I'm saying. So I think he should be fresher come playoff time. Um, 
And remember, we are a better defensive team than the Rangers. How many games do you think Shusterkin played last year? 58. 52 starts. Okay, 52. So, so he played 30. He played 52 games to 30. Maybe he just had a bad stretch at the end of the year. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, think just, we're, I think we're a better defensive team come playoff time. I think we're better suited to play playoff hockey than the Rangers were last year. That's all. I understand. But do you think our defense, when do you think we start becoming a little bit more? It's just certain uncharacteristic mistakes we have not been accustomed to in the past that we make on the defensive side of the puck, whether that's from the forward group or from the defenseman, where I'm just like in our own zone. I'm like, what? why the hell are we not? Why are we not following our man? Why are we not marking our man? We're allowing him right into the crease there with <laughs> with the premium opportunity to score. Those were not mistakes we saw a lot under trots. We knew there was going to be a drop off a little bit. But do, do you see that ironing itself out or do you expect that to be consistent the remainder of the year? I think that. I'm not saying it's going to iron itself out. But I wouldn't be surprised if once we get if we get into the playoffs, that we're a little bit more conservative, okay. rushing the puck, more selective, which it's not been the case now. It's now everybody's up all the time. That's okay. Well, so you think we might have a little bit of an adaptation to our style? I would hope postseason, so. and we're a little bit more conservative. That's fine. That's great. I, I, it's just like we talk about how different. I mean, the Lane Lambert system to the Barry Trot system is very different. We could say that about a third of the way through the season. Extremely different. Some ways much better, you know, in a few ways not as good. So, but hey, we've had fantastic goaltending. We've had a lot of things we can rely upon that have been very, you know, exciting so far this year. The third period comebacks are exciting to watch as fans. I just want to see more consistency all three periods. True. I 100% agree with that. Well, Grump, what else do you want to say before before we get into the ad read? Because today's a call-in show. You haven't. I, I just want to make sure you have a chance to share anything else you want to share here. Um, I mean, is it me, or does Bailey really suck? Does Holmstrom really suck? Does Average Anders look below average? Remember, he got off to that hot start. He's looked kind of invisible lately. And how good is Matt Barzal? I mean, I think he's been tremendous. Barzal's been great. He scored another one yesterday. And I know he had the breakaway, too, that he he hit it off there at the goalie's pad. He, I think he's looked great this season. I think he's going to earn. Jesus, Grumpy already on drink three. I hear you, buddy. Dude, but, uh, what? Okay, moron. Look, there's two here. And here's the one that I finished, which I was already halfway done before we started. Stop questioning me drinking while you're while you're doing whatever it is you're doing. I don't have you up on the screen very often, but wearing a silly little wearing a silly little chipmunk shirt. Bucky's grumpy. Before I get distracted, though, I tell you, uh, you know who doesn't love Bucky's? But um, you know, I, I've been. I think he's earned. He's earned every single penny of his of his contract that he signed for the future. He's earned every bit of his contract for this season as well. I mean, how could you not be excited with what Matt Barzal's produced on the ice? I love it. And think about it, right? He had an amazing feed to Oliver Wallstrom. Early on in the game, Wallstrom didn't get the, was it, he didn't get the puck up. I mean, it was a nice save, obviously, against him, but that's when a Wallstrom should be putting home. Or yes, he needs to get a much higher quality shot off there. Yes. I, you know, Barzal creates, he he provides these opportunities, and you've got a guy who needs to be able to finish there who doesn't. I think a big issue 
is a lot of the Islanders get caught puck watching when he's rushing the puck up. They're just kind of standing still. It was one play yesterday. He was one on four. And it's like everyone else was just stationary. You got to move. I mean, if they're not capable, once again, you need to get players who are capable of that because he's a truly special talent. You need to, the Lou Lamarillo needs to go out and get players who can play with him. I know he says, oh, well, you know, he should change his play. Dumb, uh, I consider it dumbing down his play to fit with those guys. No, 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 no. Get players who can play with him. Guys who have speed, guys who can really skate, guys who have that innate ability to get open where he's going to find you. And right now we don't have a whole lot of those guys on the team. I I will say that, you know, we talk about dumbing down his play. You should never do that. You know, you should find complementary pieces to his game because what he does is truly special. Um, I, another thing I wanted to mention, kind of on the topic but off the topic, Sebastian Ajo has quietly played extremely well after maybe struggling the first few games. He was given that opportunity to be an every an every night defenseman. That's what happens when you give somebody an extended chance and let them learn from their mistakes. That's what that's what happens. They've never done that before. Never. And I want to talk about the chance that's been given to Simon Holmstrom, right? Kyle Palmieri uh, today was placed on IR. So, you know, it's, they, you know, with, with certain teams, they're very mysterious about what's going on, about what the, what the length of the injury is and everything like that. But um, Kyle Palmieri on IR today, Grump. Is that really a loss? Is that really a big loss for us? Okay, let me ask you this. Who would you rather have in the lineup? Simon Holmstrom or Kyle Palmieri? Neither. I'd rather have so you had to pick one. Who would you rather have in the lineup? Mine is Kyle Palmieri for Simon. I'd rather have Atu Ratu in the lineup. Oh, stop. You do this shit. I'm asking you to pick between one or the other. Ratu's not ready. Neither is Holmstrom. So you're asking me to, to choose between urine and feces. Okay, yeah. You could drink urine. Oh, we got right? Josh urine. Bailey. Josh Bailey's playing too. Josh Bailey's injured. Josh Bailey, his upper body is still injured. He's still, he's not on IR, but he's still, he didn't practice again today. Remember, he's been out for a while. That's why Johnston and others, Cole Bardreau, have been getting chances up in the lineup is because Josh Bailey's still out. Simon Holmstrom has been replacing Kyle Palmieri. Simon Holmstrom, five games through. The amazing Simon Holmstrom. He looked good the first game, I think. And I said, everybody's like, whoa, Simon's earning it. He should be up here. He's this, he's that. You know what? Holmstrom has been invisible the last four he's played five games one assist on the first line with power play time i i don't know what you know that doesn't foot the bill for me you want to know something i didn't even realize bailey was not playing i thought he was playing yesterday okay that's you know that that is that's a quintessential josh bailey you don't know when he's in the lineup you don't know when he's out of the lineup unless you're actually looking for him but yeah bailey didn't play yesterday didn't practice again today kyle palmieri's on the ir now so that means that simon holmstrom right is going to be continuing to get an extended stay i just always have thought and again i'm not going to go down this road too in depth but simon holmstrom on the first line still why the fuck is a guy who never produced on the offensive side of the puck in the AHL on the first line in the NHL. Your top line is designed to put the puck in the net and score goals. Simon Holmstrom doesn't do that in the AHL. Why has he just been gifted this opportunity in the NHL? It makes zero sense to me. I liked what I saw the first game. He's a bottom six guy who could put effort in. I have not liked the last four. 
because Lou Lamarillo drafted him and they want to do everything they can to get him in the lineup. I'm sorry. Bailey apparently did play yesterday. I thought he did. He was invisible. I thought I saw him out there, one missing something, missing a pass, but he was invisible. I thought he did play yesterday, but he was invisible. How is that different from any other game? Okay, well, then it was me who was not paying attention to Bailey. <laughs> okay, thanks, Dave, for that pony board. Yeah, he did want to play, and that was his first game back since the 26th. Since, oh, he played against the Flyers, too? Okay. Yeah, he's been back, play. but he's just he's just terrible. Maybe That's he just missed practice today. I don't care. If, what's the difference? What's the difference if he's at practice, if he's at games? He's just a – he's just a – you know what? You know what he reminds me of? You ever watch the Academy Awards, particularly in the olden days, where they were in the big auditorium, the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, where everyone's sitting in the in the uh, you know in the stands? And you ever notice how the seats are always filled? It's like yeah. so no one has to go to the bathroom. Well, you know what they do when someone has to go to the bathroom? They have seat fillers come where they just sit there to make the crowd seem filled. That's what Josh Bailey is. He's a seat filler at the Academy Awards. That is that is his career. When somebody has to go to the bathroom, they just sit Josh Bailey in the seat so it doesn't look like – so it looks like we've got five guys on the ice. That's what it's like instead of four. You know what, Grumpy? You know how much I really watch the Academy Awards and keep up with all that stuff. I assume I, that I is know you movies, don't. Right? I know you don't. That's why I went through the explanation of what he does. <laughs> at, the, at the Academy Awards, when somebody's got to go tinkle, they, they don't want empty seats on television. So they just sit somebody in there. And that's Josh Bailey. And as soon as they come back, Josh Bailey gets up, goes wherever somebody else has to go to the bathroom. He's a guy who keeps the seat warm for somebody else. Getting getting back, you know, I, I like the comparison. I like I like the analogy. But um, you know, it's getting back to the Holmstrom point. Holmstrom is just like that as well. <laughs> Holmstrom should not be getting first line minutes. He's he should not be right. And like you look at all Mapars, look at how special Mapars all is on the power play. Look at how special he is when he's out there on the ice. Simon Holmstrom, it's okay. It's not as bad as loading up a guy like Leo Komarov on his wing. It's no, it's just as bad. It's worse. It's worse because Leo Komarov at least knew how to play. He wasn't afraid to throw the body. This kid, with the exception of the first game, he's allergic to corners. I called it on draft night. Josh Bailey 2.0. That's what I called this guy. He's a poor man's version of Josh Bailey. He blows. He sucks and blows. Well, you know, I think I don't want to blind. I don't want to go ahead. Let me tell you something. Simon Holmstrom is like the kielbasa queen on the old Howard Stern show. Who is kielbasa queen? Look it up. Oh, God, probably not. I don't want to get my computer. on the old Howard Stern TV show. uh, It was on WOR Channel 9. They had the kielbasa queen. She would, she had the ability to do things um, with her mouth. Oh God! You know what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like sure. I said, I didn't say put it on the show. I just said look it up, and you'll know that is that's Simon Holmstrom. That's Josh Bailey. Uh, the Kabasa playing nice, playing nice in the sandbox. You know what? The Maybe they'll just be called the Kabasa Queens, Bailey and Holmstrom. <laughs> oh, good gracious! You know, um, it's so easy for me to come up with nicknames for these guys. I don't think that's a very endearing one. That's for certain. It's not, but it's true. Oh. I'll tell you. I'll tell you, Grumpy. It's when we look though, I want to go back to Holmstrom. 
I don't want to malign his name because I think realistically, just like with Leo Komarov, remember, his skill set does not dictate that Leo Komarov should ever be on the first line. I think the same exact thing as Simon Holmstrom. My expectations of first-line players are going to be more than what I expect from a guy who's a bottom six player. Simon Holmstrom, as a rookie in the NHL, at best, is a bottom six guy. That's where I think he'll be for probably the majority of his career. Maybe he can elevate his game to a middle six player, but I think realistically, he's a third-line guy. We're giving him these chances. We're giving him minutes on the top line with Matt Barzol and Oliver Wallstrom. I, I, I do not remember the last time a rookie was gifted the first-line role on the forward group. What is? What else does that tell you? It, it's the shit that pisses me off a bit. But what else does it tell you? Zach, favorites. No, Zach Parise could not keep up with Matt Barzell and Oliver Wallstrom. Ooh, ooh, I know Phil's facts are that one. Because they were supposedly working so well together, he got dropped to the third line because he can't keep up. Grumpy. Phil's facts said he's calling out everybody who said that Zach Parise was finished. So, Grumpy, he's going to be calling you out when he sees you. All right. He's he's call you same, out, Grumpy. He's the same guy. He, he's smack the, down on your Rudy 2 candy ass. He's the same guy he was last year. The same exact guy. 35 points, 15, 16 goals, 15, 20 assists. That's what he is. It's He's a third-line guy at 38 years old. Not getting any better. You're not going to see an Indian summer out of uh, Zach Parise. He is what he is. Remember when he was uh, slurping on uh, Barzell's jock earlier in the year? Oh, I like playing with him. Yeah. Love playing on his first line. He was doing his best suck job on Barzell to make sure he continues to play on that first line because he never got over getting demoted in Minnesota. And then cut. He couldn't handle it when he was dropped to the third line because that's where his talent level was at that time. And guess what, folks? It hasn't gotten any better. It's gotten worse. He maybe looks better on this team because we don't have a whole lot of offensive talent, but he's still at this stage a third-line player. He didn't like it, so he threw a hissy fit in Minnesota, and he's like, oh, I'll do whatever's best for the team. But, boy, I love playing with that Matt Barzell. That didn't last too long, did it? He's a third-line guy is what he is. Palmieri, third-line guy. Josh Bailey, third, we're a team of third-line guys. Okay, and I wanted to backtrack it. You had mentioned about Zach, Zach Parise's performance this year. He's on pace right now and hit 36 points. I think he had like 35 last year. whoops so, do? He's Same right guy. on pace. Same <laughs> he's, guy. He's right on pace there, I think, from what, what his numbers were last year. Yeah, last year he had 35 points. This year he's on pace for 36. So, yeah. I wouldn't say that he's, you know, he's exactly the same. He's a bottom six guy. He's a at best third liner. You know, I wouldn't mind him even on the fourth line in a grinderish type role. He gets his ass in front of the net. You know, he's not afraid to go ahead and put effort out there. He can play the special teams when need be. But this is a guy. I'm pretty sure Zach Parise's gotten power play time as well this year, if I recall. Yes, of course he does, and he gets penalty kill time too. And here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with having Zach Parise on your roster. He only makes what, what, one and a half million dollars? Yeah, one point five. That's fine. He's a third line guy making one point five. No problem with that. Yeah. The whole thing is he's there's no upside to him. Don't think there is. There is not. And you know, but for one point five, he gives you everything he's got every night. Nothing wrong with that. 
it would drive me crazy if he was if he just signed a five-year extension at five million per, then I'd be all over him. But I'm not on Zach Parise. He just is what he is at this stage. Mm. He's, you know, probably half the player he used to be. Just not as good. And this, you know, he's 38 years old, 38 special. That's what he is. 38 special. Oh my gosh, here. Um, oh, I tell you, uh, grumpy old man. I want to go ahead and get into to the ad reads so we can open up the phone lines. You know, I think that next few games are important, but man, oh man, December, ladies and gentlemen, strap in early December until Christmas. We're going to know, we're going to know right around Christmas time what this Islanders team is made of. Today's podcast, Grumpy. So if you write this down, write the time that we're doing this podcast. Oh, I got it. it. I already got it written down. Okay. 47, sure. 47.20. Okay. Make sure you write that down for us, Grumpy. I don't have Today's podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into even bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes in the description for additional details. Yay. The one job you have is to allow me to get everything pulled back up grumpy over there. Great is that your seventh, job, PJ. Is that your seventh? Is that your seventh grape drink, Grumpy? Nice shirt. Hey, you you don't like grumpy? looks like a gas station shirt. It does. It's a fantastic shirt, Grumpy. The Bucky shirt. You love Bucky's. You went there. You were a big fan. You asked if they had any in your size and it looks. And you, and it I was looks like something. It, that shirt looks like somebody you check. You check somebody's oil with that shirt. You're a half a quart low, ma'am. <laughs> it's the working man check, shirt. Let me ask you a question. Do you even know how to check your oil? Yeah, I'm gonna check my oil. Oh, okay, he doesn't know. Okay, something <laughs> else you don't know. <laughs> You're asking me if yeah, I know how to check my oil. You pull it at the top to go ahead and see when you pop the hood of the car. To see it, could I change my oil? Yeah, oh, wait, wait, what? What video. do you do? You pop the hood of the car, and then what do you do? With an instructional video, you go ahead. If you have a cap, you've got an oil cap on it. You go ahead, and no, open the oil cap, no, and you see how no, much oil you got. No, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes. no, 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 no. There's a dipstick, which is what I'm going to start calling you from now on. You, you know, understand? It's got the cap on it. The dipstick. You pull you the cap off, and you see the little line there, Grumpy. And you see how it runs. No dipstick. There's an actual cap where you fill the oil up. You don't check that. You just check the little dipstick. You look at it. There's a little line that says full, a quart low. That and you have his thing. You've never seen it. Matter of fact, next time I see you, I'm going to show you what it is. So you don't. Matter of fact, we're going to show an instructional (laughs) video of me teaching TJ how to check his oil in the car. Oh my fucking god! What a nightmare! Jesus Christ, grumpy! Oh man, oh man. Bucky uh, shirt, I wearing a Bucky shirt. Yeah, I like my little Bucky shirt, Grumpy. What can I say? Let me do this here. We're going to be opening up the phone lines here for you guys. You could see that call in number, top left portion of the screen, the 318 608 2245. 
Um, but let's go ahead. We got a few comments, Grumpy. Start yeah. comments. I'll start getting through here. Grumpy, oh, you're gonna be re- you're gonna be reading. I'll read the comments. About five. Or I'll six read the comments. Minutes. Don't you worry your pretty little head about it. I'll take care of it. Matthew S says, "Good evening, gentlemen. Very pissed off right now. Does not say why he is, but he's very angry. I'm gonna assume it's about the Islanders. Maybe it's about Team USA getting just brushed aside by the Netherlands today because that's exactly how that went down. I don't know though." Oh, it's right there, Grumpy. Oh, I'm sorry. Same same person. I was looking for a different name. Matthew S. also says, I'm so sick and tired of losing to those arrogant penises from Trashville, meaning Nashville. Not a big fan of the Nashville Predators. They do seem to have our number as of late. That's for certain. Andrew L. says he can't wait to hear from Andrew G. from Newsday. Andrew Gross, Grumpy. Andrew G. (laughs) from, from Newsday. And he also says... How long till TJ mentions he was right about USC? Grumpy. He, first of all, he wasn't right about USC. I all was. I, I was right. Was, I was right about USC, Grumpy. I was right saying the Utah Utes were going to bring the absolute ass whooping on those USC Trojans, Grumpy. I was right when I said, Grumpy, this last week, and I said it on this show, I said it on the last show, USC are choke artists. They can't win a big game. They can't win the moments big. And you said, USC is going to find a way to win. They're going to do it. And I said, you're going to see them choke under the pressure as they usually do. I went, okay. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened. And it happened, Grump. Can I tell you what did happen? They lost. They did lose. They lost. They, That's right. Caleb Williams, who was a front they runner lost. for the Heisman, End of story. got injured in the second quarter, and he was not the same player. He was limping. He, his thumb was hurt. It was obvious he was injured. Doesn't matter. They lost. But all I said was USC would be in the BCS championship playoff game within two years. They were one victory within being in it in year one. Didn't happen. Next year's another year. TCU loses today. TCU is still going to be in that championship game since they were undefeated. Here's what your final four is going to be. It's going to be Georgia. This tomorrow, huh? It's going to be Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State. I don't think that they – I think there's no way the bowl committee wants to have Ohio State and Michigan play two weeks apart. No way. You hear that right there? I did. That's the closing on the USC season after they got their asses whooped again by the Utah Utes grumpy. You know what this is? I'll, I'll make it, I'll make it for all those who listen at home. Right That's here. right. Because I I often the I closing often of the book that on that season for them. Injuries are not a reason why as an excuse maker, and it's not, but they did have some guys banged up. Uh, that's not what beat them. It was their lack of defense in big moments. That's what you beat, beat them. Their shitty coach and that shitty team that they've got. That's what beat them, Grumpy. A team that was miserable and, USC okay. Trojans as what he, beat themselves. He, he took a team in one year who was five and six, had no recruits to eleven and two. That's not true. They did. That's that is it's exactly no true. It's exactly true. You know what, Grumpy? I just can't wait. I was right about the. Grumpy, don't you weren't right about anything. Oh, Grump, don't even bother it. You don't bother right it. You, know you, do? you just strap yourself in, just like you're going on the roller coaster, just like we're all getting ready for the Islander season. I wonder, we're ready for this December. You just strap yourself in and enjoy the ride, Grump, and we're talking football. I just wonder if Michigan <laughs> – I don't know if Michigan's winning tonight. I'll be interested to see. You're watching the game. Who the fuck I'm not watching the game. I'm not watching the game. I put. Let's see what's going on here. I don't even know. Looks like they're losing. That's why you said that. Who's losing? Michigan? 
They're down in the second quarter. Second quarter. Can, can you turn the TV off? But you see, but you see what I mean? What did I say? Yeah. What did I say on Thursday? What happens if Michigan, TCU, and Oklahoma lose? Here's Does the, somehow Alabama move in? Does somehow? Uh, okay. Stop. 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 Okay. This is not the Teach Any Grumpy okay. Old Man Show. I'm Control yourself. Okay. Please. And right. Michigan's not losing tonight. Well, I'll just well, give you, you might, the answer to that. I'll give you, you another might. free answer. Michigan's not losing tonight. Let's get you back might. to some more star. Why don't you put oh. another comment up? Well, hold on. Andrew L., I think that's a good question. How long was it until I answered that? I want to answer this, Grumpy. I was. I didn't even have to bring it up, Andrew L. Somebody else did for me, and that was great. Oh, man, who doesn't love that? Grumpy and that USC Trojan squad taking the big, fat L. I, I'm not take. That's not a loss. Take the L. Okay. AP. AP says, whenever I see AP, I just think of advanced placement something. I think of the Associated Press. Maybe December will be painful. I don't know. Is it because he has a surgical procedure coming up in December? I don't know why December is going to be so painful. Maybe he's thinking about the Islanders' schedule. Oh, here we go. Okay, Grumpy, we're talking Islanders. What is? I'm just reading the comments. I because you're picking selected comments, which is a smart thing to do. Honestly, um, AP then says, "I think we're fat." In December, but we're making the playoffs. So he's a little bit negative about the month of December, but thinks we'll right the ship and make the playoffs. Nice way to ride that fence, AP. I do appreciate it. You go to the TJ Hall of Fame with that comment. No, he no, no, he didn't ride the fence. We're gonna struggle, but again, he thinks we're a team right on the outside are gonna be right in the playoff spots. Okay. Pointyberry Curtis Grumpy. Pointyberry Curtis says, Boys, 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 I'll try not to be as annoying tonight. <laughs> you are not annoying. He was annoying. Don't lie to him. He was annoying, but he'll be he'll be much better tonight, and I believe him. I think he was on some type of Ritalin or something because he was crazy last time. Ponyboy Curtis says, "Wow, TJ, nice Buck Ease T-shirt. You like that video I sent you? I did. I did like the video. That's what inspired me to wear my Bucky shirt. There it is, Grumpy. Matthew S says, "TJ time equals thirty minutes late, right on time." I, I I hate when he's late, which is every single podcast. There's no way you should be late. No way. You tell somebody a certain time, you make sure you're ready to go on that time. I'm sorry. My time is valuable. I shouldn't have to give you an extra 30, 45 minutes, an hour and a half until, you know, you, he's like one of those guys, you know, uh, you know, a musician. Well, if TJ knew anything about concerts where they're supposed to start a show at a certain time and they float in late. And everyone's standing there chanting, who DJ, DJ, DJ. <laughs> I mean, you shows up an hour around. late and then plays a 20-minute set and leaves. That's what he's like. Hey, Hello. James, you're live here with TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. How are you? Hey, what's going on, guys? Not much, not much. What is your? What have you seen so far from the Islanders this year, about a third of the way through the season? You know, what's, what's excited you? What's made you nervous or have angst towards this year? Well, uh, for once, I couldn't see the game last night. I couldn't find it. Uh, couldn't find it anywhere. I have the hockey package. Uh, the other night when they played the Flyers, it was on Hulu Channel. Could not find it anywhere. I think oh. it was on ESPN Plus. Yeah, ESPN Plus. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it? Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, what's making me nervous right now is the uh, penalty kill. I mean, you know, there's even up. You know, in the beginning, they, they were fantastic penalty kill, but I'm, I'm getting a little concerned. 
about uh, their penalty kill. Although um, I'm pissed off about that Philly game. You know, they had a five-on-three. They scored a goal, and then right after that, they gave up a shorthand. Seems like they they're giving up more shorthanded goals this year too. But their power play is, is getting much better, and you guys were right. They're scoring more goals right now. Um, Grumpy, you're right about Paul Murray. I mean, he, he's 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 done. He's done. And as far as uh, Ratu, bring him up. Bring him up. Why yeah. not? I mean, what, what do you got to? I mean, you got Holstrom there. I mean, <laughs> if Holstrom is there. Bring Ratu up. Why not? Or even or even Ishikov to play that top line role if you're looking for someone to help produce points. I mean, like if again, if he's playing the bottom six, I don't think you have an issue. But top line, you think they want to produce goals. They want to be able to score, put the puck in the net. You would think. Right. And 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 uh, um I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead, James. Um as far as Sorokin, Sorokin is is he, he 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 is a top three uh, goalie right now. Oh yeah. Um, as, as far as uh, the circuit, I think they're playing him too much. I mean, I think uh, I mean Halak is is not Falamov as far as backup, but I, I think um, um, Halak should play a little bit more. I think the uh, is playing a little bit too much. Maybe he's getting tired or something. Um. And when I think as far as Vlam, just to let you know, there's another Vlamov. I... Go, go, go ahead, James. Say, say what you like about Vlamov, and then I'll touch on Vlamov. I, I, I'm, I don't know if I want to train him right now. I think they, they. I mean, unless Sorokin can play every, I mean, once the playoffs start, Sorokin's going to play every game in the playoffs. That's my opinion. But when the trading deadline comes. I I don't know if I want to give up Vlamov right at that point. I think they still need him until the playoffs come. Yeah. Maybe at the end of the season, get rid of him. Hmm. I don't. Yeah. And thank thanks for the call there, James. We'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. Um, we'll talk about that, Grumpy. I when we're thinking here about, oh, and when we're thinking about Vlamov, I don't think his rights are going to do much just because he's at the end yeah. at that he, contract. He has to be moved at the deadline. Yeah, if they're going to move him, they have to move yeah, it. Has to move at the deadline. Uh, he mentioned Halak. Halak's been terrible this year. So Sturkin, rumor has it, uh, there's been some t- scientific study that when hockey players get married and have children, they're just not as productive as they used to be. Uh, Who knows? And there's been some type of scientific on. data has been culled with uh, that type of scenario. So that's all I'm saying on that. So maybe he's got a little bit of the, I've got my kid and that's the only thing I'm, you know, that's, that's my world now. Well, when you, when you have children, that is absolutely the case. Well, I want to get to other points that he brought up there too, Grumpy, that James brought up. When we look at the team, right? I I think, you know, as we've mentioned, goaltending, they've relied too much upon Shosturkin. I just crunched the numbers. If we continue to play Sorokin at the same rate that we're playing him at now, assuming Varlamov doesn't have any times that he's banged up, injured, et cetera, Sorokin's on average to play 56 games this year. That's okay. More games than he's ever played before in the past. That's okay. I'm not saying that's an issue. I'm just saying that that's right. We talk about the load. Maybe it does have an impact. Maybe it doesn't have any impact at all because he's a young goalie in the prime of his career. So I'm just saying 56 games is more games than he's ever played, I believe, in a regular season so far. So it's going to be a little different for him on that side, I believe. 
as long as he's spaced out and getting the appropriate rest, I don't see why it's a problem. He's not playing back-to-backs. We haven't had a bunch of back-to-backs. I mean, I I think he's fine right now. He's not showing his time. Varlamov's been really good when he's come in. Yep, he has. Yeah, and again, like he played, I think, like 50-some-odd games last year, but not 56 or 57, whatever it is he's going to be at this year if they continue at the same pace. Um, Grumpy, more comments here there for you. Yeah, this is indeed, Drew L says, this is indeed a two-time-a-week podcast, but you know what happens four times a week? TJ starting his podcasts late. That is true. Painfully true. Would you like to comment on that, TJ? Yes. With the I same would. veracity as the USC comment, maybe you should comment on your lack of punctuality. I will say, we forgot to punctuality. even mention... Punctuality. You forgot to even mention that we have another podcast, Grumpy, called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man that takes place every single Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and every Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So tomorrow, 8 p.m., after you just get done with a big day of watching all these football games, you can go ahead and watch TJ and the Grumpy Old Man tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find it in the link in the description below, or you could find it here as a featured page on our YouTube channel, TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. There you go. Go ahead. You want to you want to come at my you want to come at my punctuality? Go ahead, Grumpy. I'll take the shots. Go ahead. Go. I, I know you should speak about your lack of punctuality. You were very uh, vocal about USC not making it, and they didn't, and deservedly so. They lost yesterday, but I think you should absolutely talk about the, your lack of being on time for doing podcasts. No comment. No comment. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go, Grumpy. There you go. Okay. Frank Kaplan says, lack of depth and needing third periods to win are catching up. I'm done watching Holmstrom. He's a horrible player. He has zero skill. Loose sucks. And had to try and validate his pick by having Puppet Lambert play him with Barzy. I've never seen such a talented player wasted like Barzy. I can't stomach seeing Lou under section 224 in his suite. Launch him, please. <laughs> now, I want to say that is probably not as positive a comment as most Islander upper management would like to see, but that doesn't mean that it's not true. Our whole team is made up of third-line players. We've been, for the most part, underwhelming the first two periods but been great in the third and had sensational goaltending to keep us in the first two periods. And Holmstrom just sucks. He has turned in, like I said, with the exception of that first game where I singled him out for doing a nice job going into the boards, getting to the dirty areas. He's resorted to the same piece of trash that I watched in the playoffs last year. He is terrible. He says horrible. I say terrible. Tomato, tomato. Terrible, horrible. What's the difference? He has zero skill. That's true. He has no skill either. I want to bring up here too, James at also when he's on the phone. We didn't have a chance to talk about this, but I'm glad he commented too. Guys, it seems that our penalty kill is giving up goals. Your thoughts. It happens. I just, I mean, some you just kind of go through sometimes you just kind of go through streaks where things happen. We were fantastic on the penalty kill earlier, then we were not so good. Power play has been pretty consistent all year. Um, sometimes, you know, you tend to get – one thing that, that bothered me, 
that bothers me with all hockey players. Every single buddy, everybody at the blue line does it. They think that somehow there's a force field up at the blue line, like you can't pull the puck out. And if a guy presses too much, you can get that turnover, which leads to a goal down the other end. Sometimes discretion's the better part of valor. Skate the puck out of the zone. Let everybody recycle. Dobson did it yesterday, and it wound up costing us in that game. That was the third goal. Second goal or third goal? Um, that was that was yeah that was that uh, that last goal grumpy they scored okay but the whole thing is sometimes you just got to skate out of the zone you don't have positioning the guy forces the puck off your stick it's a goal game over I mean that's what happened there and, and the Islanders aren't the only team that does that a lot of players do that they just think oh I cannot take the puck back out of the zone no sometimes like I said discretion better part of valor take it out recycle it and start over. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree on that. And another thing about the penalty kill, before this year had started, in the past under Trots, we'd always been about in the teens regarding our penalty kill. When we started the year, we were number one. And that's when I remember I, people were like, Oh, you're being so negative. I said, Well, we're gonna I think we're gonna, you know, we're gonna all things the rule of averages, you're gonna be right around kind of where you were in the past. We didn't really make too many additions. Char used to kill penalties as well. We had additional penalty killers. So, you know, it wasn't like, hey, we, we took a huge loss regarding the PK. I think we're still kind of, you know, where we have always been in that area. And, you know, it, we're going to go through through ebbs and flows, just as you had mentioned, Grumpy. But around the teens is always where we had averaged under Barry Trotz. On the penalty and team. the whole thing is, remember, Mayfield's back. So he's, in essence, taking Char's spot on the penalty kill now. Yeah. Grumpy there. Matthew okay. says, by the way, I've seen a guy, for the most part, so snake-pitting when it comes to scoring goals like Barzal. He was all over the ice last night. He's been really, really good. And here's the thing. He's shooting the puck a lot more than he usually does. I mean, he's just not getting that puck luck. Last night was a fantastic goal by him. Just tremendous. He's had uh, shots that guys are making tremendous saves on. He's hitting the post, hitting the crossbar. It just happens sometimes. But the fact is he's still producing for the team. He's, I think, tied for third uh, or fourth uh, in, a, in assists in the NHL this year, which means he's setting other people up. And hey. Got, oh, good, Grumpy. I think he's been great this year. Hey, you're live here with TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Who do we have calling in? Hey, it's uh, Ponyboy, a.k.a. Uh, Jerry Springer. Hey, can, can you hear me good or no? Yes, we can. It's, 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 I think you know Andrew Gross. I think, yeah, I think I remember yeah, you. Yeah, know, I'm, I'm no, 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 that's not, I don't know, dude, I don't, I don't know who that is, but <laughs> I'm in the line on the drive through right now, so if I get cut off, it's because I got to order food, I, I'm not trying to, uh, it, was, it was a long line, so I figured I could try to get the call in, um, but yeah, dude, I mean, I think, I think the best, I think the best case scenario for us right now is, you know, the Hurricanes are probably going to finish first, maybe the Devils slide, slide into second, maybe we can stay in third, and then, you know, maybe you get Pittsburgh. In fourth, maybe the Rangers don't make the playoffs. Maybe, maybe they get that fourth spot. Who knows? But um, yeah, you know. And then I think I think that we could I think we could beat I think we could beat New Jersey. And then I think out of a tired uh, Penguins uh, Hurricanes matchup that, that might go seven games. You know, maybe um, you know maybe we can you know win a few games in that series too. Uh, but yeah, uh, what, what, you know what what what. what um, that that you know, I, I, I'm gonna let you guys go because uh, I'm I'm in the drive-through. Uh, what but, are you, what are you I, eating, uh, Pony Boy? That's the question. What are you drive-throughing right now? 
I'm uh, I'm at, I'm in a I'm in, I'm in I'm three thousand miles away from New York, and I'm in a place where uh, there's like chain specific fast food, but it's a, it's a burger place. We're getting burgers and fries Ooh. and stuff like that. Little burgers um, and fries. Well, we'll yeah. t- we'll talk about that. Thank uh, you for the call, on Pony Boy. What, we'll- what do you think about? Hold, hold on, yeah. What do you think about the fact that we can't be Nashville no matter what? We'll talk about that too. Nashville grumpy, and we'll talk about postseason. What it could look like match wise. I, I just I, one 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 thing quick. I was at the game um two years ago where we lost eight nothing against Nashville, Oof. or it was like eight one or something like that. Uh, and um yeah, I was at the Coliseum for that game. And dude, a crazy fight broke out. It was if it was filmed, it would have been great for your fast fight segment. But <laughs> dude, I saw a Nashville fan, dude. I swear to God, bro, his his fucking his glasses, like the the glass from the, the his uh his glasses were in his face, dude. His face was leaking. Like this guy got busted <laughs> up really bad. Like in the like when you're walking around the Coliseum, like around the like around the seats before you go into the you know section where you sit. Dude, what the fuck, bro? This guy got fucking bald, dude. A Philly I'm fan call must have. In at a later time and, and tell you more fan fight stories. Okay. Sounds good, Pony Boy. Thanks. Okay. Grumpy, it sounds like a Philly fan found its way into the Coliseum that evening for the, for well, the, for the Islanders. The whole thing game. is, you got to know when you're in enemy territory. And you got to know when you're up eight to one or you seven to one. Keep, you got to you know, stay just, quiet. Dude, everyone's upset. And if you want to start talking some smack and he's wearing glasses, that's not going to save you in today's day and age. Oh, I won't hit you if you're wearing glasses. Now I think people want to break people's glasses in their face. Mm. It's just, you know where you are. Just don't do it. Talking about why do we struggle against Nashville? First question for you, bro. I like I said, just sometimes there are just teams that just kind of have the, the Indian sign on you a little bit where they're just kind of snake bit. And I think that's the way it is with Nashville. I don't think they're any great shakes. I don't think they're a better team than we are. Uh, they just, right now, they just have our number. And it's just, things go in cycles. Like I said, a few years ago, four or five years ago, it was Philadelphia. We couldn't beat them to save our lives. Or how about the Rangers when they were bad beating us all the time? Or when we were bad, we'd always beat the Rangers. It just kind of goes in cycles like that. I don't think we're going to lose to the Rangers this year. I just, I just think right now we own the Rangers. Uh, you know, that's good news for us, bad news for them. Even last year when we weren't performing well, we did really well against the Rangers. It's just that's just the way it goes sometimes. I don't think it's because Nashville has greater goaltending or their style gives us a problem. I don't think it's anything like that. They just seem to, you know, get the breaks when they play against us. Is what and- it is. And I want to go ahead and talk a little bit about, he had mentioned, right, if we find a way, ideally, right, maybe Carolina wins, maybe the Devils slip a little bit because they're not going to continue it. We don't, cons- I don't, I don't see them continuing at the same pace they're at now. Maybe they're finished second in the division. Maybe the Islanders hang on in third place and we're going up against the Devils. I think that would be a very favorable matchup for us come postseason time. I don't. I think the Devils being young and not knowing the amount of murder you can get away with in the postseason helps us out. You can get away with murder in the postseason. I think our team likes to hold, clutch, and grab and be overly physical, and that's why we benefit in the postseason. Maybe. But they're so dynamic skating-wise, They we struggle with teams like that. We've seen it in playoff series. Here's my bony contention. I think Pittsburgh is going to be one of the top three teams. Really, I I do. They started off great, then they went in that terrible slump, and now they're back to playing great again. 
once again, the caveat for any of these predictions is health notwithstanding. Yes, because who if, stays healthy? If Crosby goes right. out tomorrow, if Sorokin goes out tomorrow, the same thing. So Yes, yes. If the teams are have you know relative health, I mean, you look at Pittsburgh, right? Latang's out right now with the stroke. He'll be back before the end of the year. Yep. And it's just going to make them better. I mean, we don't have anyone who's missing off our team now. It's almost addition by subtraction, honestly. All right, no Grumpy. one does we'll anything more, special. We'll get to some more comments here, Grumpy. Okay. Michael B. Michael M. Bechet says, "This is the this is the first time I'm seeing this." Um, talking about the podcast, he said, "My biggest." Oh, okay, Grumpy, are you like? Did you? Well, I don't you, know. I don't. I, okay. today or something? I'm just reading. I'm on? just reading the comment. I don't know if there was another comment ahead of time that you just ignored uh, that tied in with that. I did not know. So don't be Michael's hopping on first me. I'm just seeing reading. the show today, okay. Grumpy. Well, welcome, Michael. Michael. Welcome to the show. Welcome here. Yes. I guess I'll answer that because Grumpy didn't pick up what I was putting down. But he says, my biggest concern is Matt Barzal. Right. Um, still doesn't have a right winger. That's right. And, well, Walsh yeah, is playing the right wing. He doesn't have a left winger. Um, I think you've seen Wallstrom play better. Uh, as of, gosh, I want to say the last week and a half, two weeks, I think he's playing much better. Uh, he's fully engaged along the wall. I don't think we need to worry about him. Another guy, once again, 22 years old. So, you know, there's going to be ups and downs with him. The big hole is left wing. Going into the season, I didn't think we had a – I thought Barzal was on the helicopter line. I didn't think that he had a left or right winger. But now we're seeing that Wallstrom, given consistent playing time for the most part, for the most part, and certainly recently, is stepping up his game. They still need somebody on the left-hand side. Why not give Bavillier a shot over there? You know what I mean? Why not? JG Grumpy. JG says, TJ, some people say if you're not at least 15 minutes early, you're late. Maybe something for you to think about. Possibly a New Year's resolution for you. Oh, man, I'll tell you. Here's the thing. If, if you were still playing football, TJ, and you played for Tom Coughlin, your butt would have been cut immediately. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Because he said, if he said eight o'clock, that means you had to be there at like ten to eight. Yeah, that's I that mean, was Coughlin time. If you're not early, you're late. And TJ's yeah. is, if I'm late, what the hell? That's just what I am. <laughs> uh, cut site revenge, Grump. I don't think Kiefer Bellows was with the Flyers for more than two weeks. Now he's been released by them. Another bust similar to Michael Del Cole and Josh Hosang. All three have the same thing in common. They were never given a legitimate shot with the Islanders. Dal Cole got the best shot out of all three, but Hosang never got a shot, period. And it's pretty much the same for Kiefer Bellows. People forget how good Kiefer Bellows was during the preseason. And he played the first game five and a half minutes, six minutes, and never to be seen from again. I just don't like that. If you're going to have best players play, well, guess what? The preseason is a determination of who should be in the regular lineup. Atu Ratu was probably our second best forward in the preseason. Didn't even make the team. But you want to know who makes the team? Josh Bailey, Anders Lee. Just name them all. Name them all the veterans. Same team as last year that underperformed. Just disappointing. Just disappointing. Mm -hmm. JG Grumpy. 
let's not forget the missed breakaway by Barzal. Maybe we'll just say that was a great save by the goalie because he was sensational last night. Okay, yeah, and I was about to say, he missed a breakaway. He scored a goal, though, top shelf, beautiful shot there on the power play. He's He's been unbelievable. I'm not... I, Matt Barzal is never going to be known for a guy who's putting 40 or 50 goals in the net. He's known as a guy who could be on a pace to have 70 assists in the season. That's just, he's more of a playmaker. He's more of a creator. And if he played with more talented line mates, that guy would have a hundred plus points year in. It would be every year, hundred points, hundred points, hundred points. It'd be like clockwork. And for people saying that Matt Barzal, you know, he doesn't shoot the puck or he does pass it. He's fourth on the team in shots. Fourth on the team in shots on goal this year. Mm -hmm. Think Jake, about that. Yeah. Robert C. Grumpy. Robert Conte. Hello, gentlemen. From Toronto. I love his little logo. GG's. It's misery here. Mitch the Bitch Marner just broke the Leafs' all-time consecutive game point streak to that 19 and tied Taylor Hall and the boss. The, I don't know what B-O-K-T-S is our favorite him. The front of the net to... Of the starting what the the bolt okay. gave him the puck in front of their net starting a power play. Okay. Um, they're playing Tampa Bay tonight. Yes. Um Mitch Barn is pretty darn good. Tough to put him down. He's been really, really good this year. Look at how good Toronto's been. I mean, let's just call it the way it is, right? They've been really good. I'm still concerned about Toronto's goaltending. They're going to make the playoffs, and I predict they're going to win a playoff series this year. I don't care who they play. They're going to win a playoff series this year. CJ Grumpy. It wouldn't be a podcast without CJ, the red Lupin Power Ranger, saying, Timo Meyer, please. He's a huge Timo Meyer fan. We don't have enough ammunition to get Timo Meyer. There it is. He would cost he cost a first, a second for the next fifteen years in a row, as well as half of half of half of the ownership of the Islanders. And we just don't have enough for a guy like that. Matthew asked Grumpy. Nope. Pittsburgh always finds a way. Never count them out. True. They're good. They're good. And Crosby's had him in a throwback year this year. He is. Okay. Here, here we go. There, Jeremy Ford Grump. Jeremy always with great comments. I'm expecting this to be no different. He says, it's Saturday night. Good evening, fellas. And he's always polite, always says good evening, always. Thank you, Jeremy. Good evening to you, too. Nice win. Again. They're 13-3-4 and four and tied for first to find some positives. It's funny how the Islanders struggle if a sacred cow is injured, number 15. Why is that? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's because, you know, they don't have that kumbaya moment in the locker room before games. The cul-de-sac gang is unhappy when one of their boys is out. Talking about Cal Clutterbuck. Yes, I'm familiar with that. I, you know, the one thing I will say about that too, I don't think it always has shocked me that when we struggle, it's like a bottom six guy or a fourth line guy that goes out. That's what causes the reason for our team to struggle. I'm like, why the no other team if you miss Joe Matanats or AJ Greer or anybody name any other fourth liner in the NHL goes out. They struggle. The other thing is this, I think Jeremy, which I think is probably more the case this year, maybe hasn't been in the past, but I think this year it's more important. I think we were winning a lot of games early with these huge heroic comebacks. And I just don't think that these third period comebacks night in night out are always so sustainable. 
that's the only difference, I think, maybe about this year than in the past. But we do rely upon all four lines to be firing on all cylinders in order to win games. And if they don't, we struggle. That's always the way it's been in the past under Barry Trotz. And, you know, it's – think about that. Cal Clutterbuck. The amazing Cal Clutterbuck and, and Paul Mary being at us with killing the team, Grumpy. And Bailey. Bailey, when he's out, it hurts. It hurts big time. Yeah, it seems like our losing streak coincided with him coming back. Oh, looky there. Wah, wah. Ivan D, Grumpy. Want to bet, Grumpy? This Bismarck team will probably beat us tomorrow. I, what's this Bismarck? Who are the Bismarcks? Then what's your response? I don't even know who the Bismarck team is. I all I remember is, you know, sink the Bismarck. It was a, you know, like a ship that was sunk during, I think, World War II. It was the Bismarck, I believe. I was hoping you were going to know what that meant, Grumpy, because I did not understand that at all. I did not know the Bismarck. I don't know the Bismarck team. Sorry. CJ Grumpy. Once again, the Red Loop and Power Ranger says Holmstrom is not, I repeat, not, it with capital N-O-T, the answer. We need a top-like winger that can score. Timo Meyer on the top line with Barzi and Wally. Plus, if possible, get Bo Horvath on the second line with Nelly and Lee. We don't have anywhere near enough ammunition to get Meyer and Horvat. I'd almost rather have mm, Meyer probably would be a good fit on that top line, but so would Bo Horvat. Okay. Let's. I, not, you know, I hate to do this because then I get all excited about we're bringing not, We're not going to acquire anybody like that. We never have ever acquired a top name guy at the deadline. Never, ever, 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 ever. We get the table scraps. So once they start talking about all these players, hey, he's going to join, that person's going to join, go ahead and, and go the tier below. And that's the tier we're probably looking at. <laughs> True. Um, got another comment here for you, Grumpy. Uh, by John M. Good evening, gentlemen. Ian says hi. Ian, by the way, uh, is John's son. He's a linebacker uh, of some renown. Well, I'm probably pumping his tires a little bit more than he deserves, but he's a linebacker uh, in Texas, so you know they're tough. Ian says, regardless of the Islanders' record, they are more entertaining to watch under new coach Lane Lambert than under Trotz. Ian, very astute. So not only is he a great linebacker, but he has intelligence as well, and he's able to tell you what my eyes and what everyone else's eyes see. The Islanders are more entertaining under Lane Lambert than Barry Trotz. Goon Grumpy. Goon said, was there any reasoning with Tony Montana? You tell me, Goon You've seen the movie. Was there any reasoning with Tony Montana? Say hello to my little friend. I don't think so. No reasoning with Tony Montana. I never but watched Scarface. You never watched Scarface. I'll tell you what. Next time I see you, we're going to watch Scarface. <laughs> I believe it set the record for most F-bombs in a movie, at least at that time, 247. That's a lot of F-bombs. That's like listening to the grumpy old man on a nice Sunday evening. Sure. <laughs> oh, man, man. My little brownie, grumpy. Fellas, back on U.S. soil. Good for you. I cover my eyes and hope for the best whenever the Islanders pull their goalie. They're terrible at six on five. Mm. I think we've scored a six on five goal this year, have we not? I think we have to come back, but it's usually we probably don't. But I do remember we we occasionally come back and welcome back, my little brownie. Put a bit of Curtis Grumpy. 
Grump, can you imitate the monolith again? I don't think I can because I don't remember what I did last time. <laughs> I do. Wow, wow. Anyway, Jim P. Grump. When RD doesn't contribute offensively, we lose. And guess what that means? Other teams have seen that too. It's not like, you know, where anything we do is rocket science. I mean, we're like a – and I think the thing that helps us is that we get a whole bunch of players and just crash the net. And with modern defenses being less physical up front, I think that bodes well for us, particularly come playoff time, where it seems like the Islanders do nothing. And then all of a sudden, it's like everybody slams the net and they get shots and we are able to tip shots in on goal. Whatever works, works. Uh, we did a few. Have you ever noticed um, when it's always given us an issue is when they'll have a guy who kind of sits on the periphery for an opposing team, crash the net, and the team will throw the puck off. They'll like throw the puck to a spot and it gets redirected in that. I feel like those goals, goals always go in and are always dangerous opportunities on us is because like we're asleep at the switch when they happen. Like that was the same way under Trots, same way under Lane Lambert. True. Um, get another comment here. John McManaman Grumpy. Grump, how did USC do? TJ was right. Choke Lincoln Riley, special game. Um, <clears throat> okay. USC lost last night. I pro- well, actually, we probably should save this comment for the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show. We shouldn't be talking about it on this show. Isn't that All right. right. We'll save for the comment. But I like hearing anything where TJ's right. Uh, but, yeah, anytime that TJ's wrong. right. I didn't say I was. I, first of all, all I said was that they would make the final four within the next two years. That's all I Grumpy said. You're wrong. Google okay. says, chums, do you realize that at one point in time, the Jets had a coach named Tuna, Bill Parcells, and a player named Tupa, Tom Tupa. He was a punter slash backup quarterback. Yes, I did know that. Mm-hmm. Did you realize that, TJ? Yes. Let's go to the next comment. The answer is no. Michael Embache says, I remember Potvin saying a D-man needs 500 games before they begin to be excellent. Actually, it was 300 games, but now when he talks to Butch, it's 200 games. So maybe if he and Butch talk enough, it'll be 100 games before they're as good as they can be. But it used to be 300. So mm. Take gotta that for what here. it's worth. Got to come here from Goon Goon Grump. Some enjoy the smell of good old of a good old-fashioned cigar. Not me. Some would rather smell a big burrito fart blast. Not me. What do you expert sniffers stand on this delicate topic? I didn't you like, like cigars. I've never I smoked a cigar, I, but it smells great. It smells was, okay. sweet. There was a guy that used to live, you know, when I was a kid, his name was Howie Brodsky and he used to smoke cigars. And I, like I said, the old man didn't smoke cigars. Uh, the guy, Eddie Holter across the street, smoked cigars and Howie Brodsky smoked cigars. I never liked the smell of cigar smoke uh, and burritos just bleh, no, nothing at all for that. <sighs> they will eat anything. I, what was that? You'll eat anything. Okay, I'm not eating a cigar. Well, That's... I mean, don't you fa- – oh, I'm not even going to get into that. We, I heard some things at Thanksgiving that uh, did make TJ sound too good in the gaseous uh, – gasto- uh, the uh, gastrointestinal gases region. Let me just put it that way. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Really? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. But we do have Chris – I think Chris called in 
but I missed it. Or maybe you sent a text message to the Google Voice. He said, hey, my name's Chris, and I have a question for Grumpy regarding who he thinks we should try to make a push for during the offseason this year. Already offseason questions. Any players that are eye-popping? Already getting offseason questions. No, Chris, we're not at the offseason. It's time. too early for offseason. I don't know who's available. It's um, Yeah, I was about to say, those guys could very easily be signed and extended. And, you know, so yeah, there's it's still too so early. much moving with that. I mean, you could have guys who are on expiring contracts now who get traded at the deadline and then they want to, they sign a new contract with a new team they get traded to. So there's a lot still to go. Yeah. I, for me, I'm looking for somebody, I'm looking for a Bo Horvat type, somebody who's young enough who can, can, who can play now, but is somebody that can grow with the, the young core of players that we have coming up. I don't want anybody who's, I don't want a Patrick Kane. I don't want a Jonathan Taves. I don't want any of those older players. Absolutely not. Got another comment here from John M. Grumpy. The Islanders are missing one top three forward. We all know it. Why is Lou so head in the sand oblivious to this need? Because Mm. he's senile. I I just think he likes the team the way it's composed. And God almighty. It's we all can see that realistically, you need at least one bona fide top line winger added to this team. And to be honest, I wouldn't even mind adding another defenseman for extra depth if you were really trying to win a cup. I, I See, I'm just in a different place. I know this team is not good enough to win a Stanley Cup. I'm willing – I want to move anybody who's on expiring deals, Barlamov, Mayfield. They can get you something to expedite the transition to the next phase. That's what I'm all about. And if you can get yourself – you know, a Bo Horvat type. I'm not looking at defense. Absolutely not. You have four defensemen who you can count on. I mean, you can backfill for your be- for your third pair. You absolutely can. Pulak and Pelican can be here for the long term. So is Dobson, and so is Romanov. Like him or not, he's going to be here for the long term. So if you lose Mayfield, maybe Robin Sallow is ready to step up and play. Maybe Samuel Bullduke is ready to step up and play. I mean, you have to give your young guys a chance to play to see what they can do. Mm. Um, here we go, Grumpy. James F. Grumpy, did you see the DO documentary on Showtime? It's so awesome. I have not seen it. I'm going to say one thing about Showtime music documentaries. Man, they are really, really spot on. They're really, really good. Every single one is just, man, I love watching them. They're good. I'll have to check that out. No idea when it will be, but I'll have to check that out. Got a comment here from Jeremy Ford, Grumpy. Very Jeremy, again, very, very astute. Romanov is better than Char at 44 and Green, but he doesn't have the experience of Char and Green. Romanov's only 22, like Dobson. I'm not too worried yet. That's my thing. My only concern for Romanov is, does he have enough hockey sense to outgrow some of his mistakes and positionally he needs to be more sound now he hasn't played a thousand games in the league i think he's a guy who could have benefited playing with a chara or a green for a year to be honest with you i thought he and romanoff obviously i'm sorry he and dobson obviously didn't fit together so what are the islanders going to do next best thing try to get him up to speed playing with um playing with mayfield and throwing Aho with Dobson. That's not an optimal defensive pair, uh, but they can move the puck. 
We got here another comment from James F. Grumpy. How about DeGrom going to the Texas Rangers? My son is bummed out. Here's the thing. The Mets played it cheap. He signed five years, 185. The Mets offered him $120 million. He was never going to sign back with the Mets. And this was after John Heyman said the Mets feel confident that he's going to sign back. Well, not if you offer him $65 million less than he's getting from another team. Not this is his last tax, contract. Taxation difference between state tax in Texas. And no New state, York. right? No state tax in Texas. Yep. I mean, this is. I mean, that's just a no-brainer. In honestly. sports, it's as old as time. Yeah. So uh, when they James say it's F- not about money. It's about money. Always, always is. Yeah. James F says, "Nice run by Team USA." See in four years on American soil, I will absolutely be going to some World Cup games. Yeah, um, the United States—they're not. They had an unbelievably easy group. They I mean, had an easy group, and today the Netherlands just—they just toyed with them. They just toyed with them all day. It wasn't. They were not, never even. Not to mention, not to mention, Netherlands had multiple players with flu-like flu-like symptoms as well. Yeah, you could tell they were a little gassed. Um, but here's the thing. They weren't even really comp- – I didn't think the game was even competitive, honestly. They just laid back, soaked up the pressure. Whenever they wanted, they'd spring a counterattack and score. Gungun says, will DeGrom be welcomed as warmly as John Tavares when playing in New York? Absolutely. Baseball's different. He didn't say, I want to stay with the Mets. It was pretty obvious he was going to the highest bidder as soon as the season ended, Right. I said, said that right from the get go. Will he be welcomed as warmly as Tavares? So, meaning not warmly. You think he's going to be a more warm welcome for Degrom than Tavares? Is that correct, Rumby? Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. And you're probably not going to play him every year anyway. So, I don't even know if Texas plays the Mets next year or not. No idea. Okay. Yeah. So he'll be he'll have a much better reception in New York than in John Tavares. And if he plays against the Yankees, well, they don't care. Drew L. Grump. Yes, Romanov is 22, but I'll say it again. Was it worth giving up the 13th pick? And maybe we could have gotten someone like John Marino in free agency who has excelled in Jersey. Now, see, there's an interesting scenario. Excuse me. Interesting scenario. John Marino has always been a solid defensive player for the Penguins. Maybe that's somebody. Is he a left shot defenseman or right shot? I don't know. But if he's a left shot defenseman, he could have fit in to work with Dobson. That's what Dobson needs, someone who's going to carry the load defensively so he can do what he does best, which is rush the puck up and be uh, an offensive defenseman. Mm. And um, got a comment here from Joe Grumpy. Joe says, the 15-9 and start will be seen as the same mirage as what the Flyers did in their first 10 games. This Islander team will finish under 500. Now, well, that's 15 and 10. That's even so. Now it's the 15 well, and oh, the 15 and 9. Sorry, we're already on the losing streak, Joe. I don't think that we're a mirage. It could be that we're not good enough to beat the really good teams in the league because we weren't last year and we're not any better now. I think so, it's like the Giants. Giants' right record came out gangbusters at the beginning of the year. Things even itself out as time continues, Grumpy. What game, yes. What's the score of the game, Grump? Yes, I don't know. I'm not watching the game. Can I know you're watching the game, uh, Grumpy. I'm not watching the game. Joe also, Grump, Grump's got another comment here. Joe says the Romanov trade looks okay. The Romanov trade looks worse every game. <laughs> 13th overall pick for a guy who does nothing well besides throw the body. Another ham and egger. Well, here's the thing. He is good at blocking shots. He is a physical presence. He's only 22. 
So I'm willing to cut him a little bit of some lack. TJ is not. He wanted he wanted them gone on draft night. Uh, that epic rant uh, is maybe something that could be seen on the TJ and Grumpy Old Man Clips channel. I don't know. I don't know. But Who knows? certainly Who it was an nose for Tony. It was I, I you know, TJ always used to be the voice of reason on this show. Always was the voice of reason. That night, I think, was the tipping point for him. I don't think he's ever recovered from that. It was almost like a repeat of when John Tavares left and TJ has never gotten over that. And I think he's eroded. His Islander fanness has been eroded. It's like, By optimism, you mean, Grumpy? He used, to, he used to be a Pollyanna fan. Such a Pollyanna Bullshit. guy. He absolutely it's was- easier to support the team and to back that point when you're going to the playoffs and you're successful in the postseason year after year. Even when your team doesn't look great, when you see the results in the postseason, it means something. When you don't even make the playoffs and you look like, uh could see that maybe coming again. You know, it's a little different. All right. JG. The podcaster formerly known as Pollyanna totally went off the deep end with the Romanov uh, first round draft pick trade. It was an epic rant. Please watch it again if you ever get a chance. He was he was unhinged. As everyone knows, TJ so calm and relaxed. When he goes unhinged, it's like beep, crazy stuff. Come on. Okay. JG no. says. Can't complain about how we got him or what we gave up to get him. That's water under the bridge. All I'm saying is Romanov is young. That's true. Same Jeff Grumpy. Says USC loses last night, uh, and now Ohio State is back in the playoffs. Also, I hear in 2024, 12 teams are going to be in the playoffs. Your thoughts? Tomorrow. Okay, but USC will be right in that playoff picture. Top 12, yeah. Yep, sure. I can see that, but... Tomorrow, James F. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Drew S. Going back to the Toronto game, were you guys blown away by the stat that Pajama Boy, that's uh, John Tavares for the end mission, only had like three more points his first 300 games as a leap than he did in his last 300 with us? I I thought we were the ones who was holding him down. Remember that one? Oh, man, we feel so bad. People feel so bad for John Tavares because the miserable Islanders are holding him back. Remember that? I... I'm going to have to look at that because I thought that he's put up way more points in Toronto. The last 300 with the Islanders compared to the first 300 with Toronto. I, I I didn't seem like he ever scored a whole lot for the Islanders. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. He's not the top dog there. That's Austin Matthews. I mean, he's a second liner, right? I'll get it pulled up for him. Okay, that's fine. Goon Goon says, Palmieri has done diddly squat this year. I'd rather have a young player in that spot than that old fart. Sorry, Mr. and Mrs. Palmieri, if you're reading this. They are sorry that they had a son as bad as the F minus. Oh, come on. Keep going. Jewel says Ishikov is really the one that needs to be called up. He's had he had a, just had a three-point night tonight. Okay. I haven't watched Ishikov play. Is he a creator or is he a finisher? Because if he's a creator. Do you really want to have him on the line with Barzal? I don't. Now, maybe you could slide Bavillier up to play on the first line, but Ishikov to be the creator for Nelson and Lee, that's a possibility. Um, but, hey, if he's playing that well, he should be up with the big team. Send uh, Simon Casper Holmes from down to the minors. Okay. Got somebody. Oh, man, people are people keep texting. I keep texting this number instead of calling in. 
He says, hello, my name is Mike from South Florida. Can any of you gentlemen explain why we think Barzal is worth $9 million a year? This is low-hanging fruit, Grumpy. I'll let you take the first of this. Have you watched him play? I definitely think he's worth $9 million. Absolutely. If he was playing on a team like Toronto, Colorado, Florida, Edmonton, Tampa, he'd be putting up well over 100 points every year. He might even do that this year. Yeah. He's been that good. People forget, under Barry Trotz, it was defense, defense, defense. This year, those shackles have come off a little bit. Maybe we're not as great defensively as we were, but we're scoring a lot more goals, and he's involved in more than anybody else. He's been outstanding this year. I encourage, if you have the ability, to watch other teams' broadcasts when they talk about Matt Barzal. I mean, this year, again, points are not everything. 25 games played, three goals, 24 assists. He's almost averaging an assist a game, not a point a game, almost an assist a game. The goals will come. They will sort themselves out, just like we've always said. Right? He went for the first few games without a goal at all. Well, still, he was still putting up crazy and gaudy assist numbers over that time period. He's going to be, if healthy, right, well over a point a game this season. I mean, like if you've got a guy who's going to produce year in, year out over a point a game, who's entering the prime of his career, he's 25 years old, too, might I add. He's got Oliver Wallstrom, who still kind of is finding his way and has been paired up with a plethora of different options at the left wing position. Right. He's not like with with a first line, too. It's not like, hey, remember when it used to be Corey Perry and, and Getzlaff and Bobby Ryan? It used to be all of them. They're all together yep. and they're able to gel. They know exactly what it is. Matt Barzal has been given different line mates year in and year out. He never has any consistency amongst his wings. And, you know, to have have an opportunity where hopefully we can build him something that's consistent, you're only going to see his play continue to jump. It's not like, oh, where's Simon Holmstrom? Where can I expect him on this shift? Okay, where am I expecting here for Paul Mary to be, or or Leo Komarov, or, or you know Travis Zajac, or Zach Parise? He's had so many different line mates over his time with the Islanders. He needs to get something consistent and a legitimate top line talent. He's a guy who is a playmaker and a creator. He can also put a few goals in the net, but don't expect this guy to ever score thirty goals in a season. It's probably been the biggest failure of Lou Lamarillo's tenure. I agree. Is not being able to get. Someone and he had a chance this offseason with Johnny Gaudreau. Absolutely could have gotten him if they wanted him. Chose not to go after him. I don't care what lie he peddles to the media and to the you know the season ticket holders. That's not the case. If he wanted him, he could have gotten him. He would have been a perfect match for Matt Barzal. Could you imagine Gaudreau, Barzal, and Wallstrom on the same team? Oh. Holy crap. I mean, like they'd all be close, like a point of game pace apiece. Absolutely, that and would the power play game. too would be unreal. Yes. Now yeah. he also did say one last question, um, Lou. Uh, he said that um, the last good thing that Lou can do for this organization is extend Sorokin to a long term deal. Agree or disagree? Absolutely, 100% agree. He needs to be proactive on that. I mean, he was proactive with the Barzal deal, right? With a year left, he signed him. What did I say? If he didn't make that agreement, you needed to move him. And he did. Remember, we said a while ago, we said, right, um, you know, Sorokin probably going to get paid around $8 million. Once you win that Vesna, ching, the price tag goes up. So sign him now. Sign exactly. him now. Give him, a, give him a seven, eight year contract. I don't care what it is. Give it to him. Give yep. him $8 million a year. Just do it. Thomas Rudy, Grumpy. 
when you got Varley, there's no reason for Sorokin to play as many as Sisterkin did last year. Here's the thing. Um, to me, Varlamov is a valuable trade chip. At the deadline, he must be moved. I think he's been really good when he's played this year. He's a backup. He makes $5 million a year. Has to be moved. This is the final year of his contract. You can move a guy and then sign him back in the offseason for $2 million per if he wants to you know, play for the Islanders in a backup role. But he's certainly not going to be back for $5 million. Just can't afford to play your backup more than your starter. Just can't have that. And you just, you just talk about asset, man. It depends on where we are in the standings. There's a lot of things that, that determine what you do. Well, uh, who was very negative just a couple of comments ago? They said, you know, sell the children, Joe. burn the house. Yeah, Joe. <laughs> just J-O Joe. Not even J-O-E, just Joe. Uh, okay. Goon Grumpy. Goon Goon. I thought A.J. Molesco did a good job last night doing play-by-play. Does she not do Islander broadcasts anymore? Thankfully, no. I don't think so. I think she, she did a good job, though. I think she was good doing the play-by-play. She was terrible, like where they just stand next, like the the fate, the, the play-by-play guy and uh, the color person, which is her. Um, they just talk about what's going to happen in the game. She still stumbles a little bit on that, but I thought she was much better on play-by-play, absolutely, and I did want to talk about that tonight. Thank you, Gunu, for pointing it out. I thought she was much better, and her hair looked better than ever, too. Oh, I, are you saying that she, they finally actually made sure to... to, to when she goes on a national broadcast, they don't let her comb her own hair. That's what I'm going to say. Hey, all, all of the all these organizations should, too. If I go on there, I expect you to go ahead and get my hair looking. The few hairs I've got left, you need to make sure they look as good as you can, as good as they can. That is your job. Yeah. You don't want to look like somebody, you know, doing the walk of shame, uh, you know, with the hair all over the place or like you combed it with a rake. No. Anyway, so we got Drew L on the line. What's up, Drew? How are you? Hey, what's going on, guys? Nah, not too much. Not too much. How are you doing? What do you think about the Islanders so far a third of the way through this season? They've been good. Um, they've had some, you know, I think defensive struggles early in the start of the season. And I know everyone's freaking out of Romano that you saw my previous comment on that. I just think, you know, He's young. I mean, he's still got a little bit of time to adjust. Now, if we're like 40 games in the season and he doesn't adjust, then I'm going to start to worry. But for right now, I mean, listen, we're winning games. I don't see the issue with just him going through the motions and just getting used to the defense structure. I'd like to be that optimistic, but when I see from him, I'm like, I ah, there's certain limitations I see in that game where I'm just I'm like, yikes. He should be a little bit more advanced yeah. in certain spots where I don't think he is yet. And I know I'm sure Grumpy doesn't agree with that. I don't know. I, I'm more concerned about if Drew has heard that that freight train steaming up behind him in the fantasy football league. You better not lose another game, <laughs> Drew. You better not lose another game. I'm just going to run you right over. Hey, it's really all going to depend on if Justin Fields balls out against Green Bay this week. That's what will determine my victory or I lose. All right. We'll see. And it's, I mean, it doesn't even matter because TJ didn't put a first uh, first and second seed by, so it doesn't even matter to get the first seed or the eighth seed. If I get in, it's all fair game from that point forward. Yep. All I know is I'm in I'm in I have the second most points in the league. I think I'm only 15 points behind you, and I'm in fourth place in the league. So yeah, I'm well, I can tell you this. At the oh, end of, be sorry. I, I at, at the end of the day, I'll be in the top one of those top two spots. 
and I'll get my first round by. It's just, just that's just the natural order of things. Wow, fantasy sports. He doesn't like talking about fantasy sports. <laughs> anyway, we're, Drew, we're, I, we're, we can't help each other. You know, what I mean, it's fun talking about fantasy sports. Come on, you know how this. I got to keep the female viewers in. Like, so I'll talk about the uh, Islanders quickly. So I interrupt you. Um, if there was one con that I would say. To me, it's not even really the team in general. I mostly point to Lou, and it's mainly with the call-ups that he's bringing up from Bridgeport. Like, why was Cole Bardro and whoever that fashion guy was and Holmstrom called up over, like I said, Ishikov, maybe even Ratu even? Like, they're superior. They're just far more talented, and they put up more points than both of those guys. I mean – if you guys don't remember, Bardreau's last call was in, like, what, 2019? And he's 29 years old. He has no business being up with the main. He should have been cut. It's like, what is he doing down at Bridgeport? I, Cole I like Bardreau, don't be, don't, don't be smack-talking now, Cole Bardreau. Right, I, like, I like Cole Bardreau. I think, Drew, the answer is as simple as the guys who are out of the lineup uh, were third and fourth liners, and that's the role that these guys play. Simon Holstrom, notwithstanding. But okay. you're talking about fashion and Bardreau. They are probably better fill-ins. Like generally kill and stuff like that. Yes, I playing bottom six-type uh, roles as opposed to uh, Ishikov and Ratu. They might be better fit, but all I know is within the two games they played, they both were lost out there. <laughs> they, were, they did not belong in the team at all. So I don't mean to dump on them, but like, they suck. I hate to break it to you. Except Cole Bardot nice. looks like the next Wayne Gretzky out there. Hey, I'm just going to say nice restraint, though, not calling him out. Nice <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Drew, thanks thanks for the call in there. I tell you, don't be smack talking. No, Cole Bardreau. No, I'm just, just kidding. Thanks, Drew, for calling in. But yeah, yeah I think. I think it's all with MSG, CJ. I guess uh, I can kiss those dreams goodbye. Am I right? You said what? I'm sorry. I said, I guess I could kiss those uh, getting that job at MSG dreams goodbye now because I smack talk Cole Bardreau. That's it. Yep. Yeah, you can't say anything negative if you want to get a job with them. Nope. (laughs) Thanks for the call in there, Drew. I tell you, Grumpy. That's, I tell you. Oh, man, oh, man. I just had to bring up the fantasy football thing. I was just eyeballing the league standings here. I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. It does. I'm already, yeah, don't even worry about it. I'm in fine shape. I don't know. You're in a shitty division, TJ. Six and six is like first, second place in your division. You're well below. And I'm eight and four, and I'm in third place in my division. My team's been injured, been banged up. But anyway, we're not talking fantasy. Goon, goon, grumpy. If the Jets win tomorrow, what does it mean in the grand scheme of things? And if Mike White continues to thrive, is Zach Wilson full of jive? I find it interesting that Zach Wilson is once again – not going to be even on the active roster this week. Man, it's a risky move to not activate him because Mike White is not the answer. He's not. Now, Zach Wilson might not be, but how many games has Zach Wilson actually played for the Jets? It's not even 20. And, I mean, he's got talent. I just don't think he has the right coaching. He needs to be reined in. That's the issue with Zach Wilson. We could talk about that tomorrow as well because that game will be over and then we'll have a whole bunch of new information. Matthew S. says, Bailey played yesterday but did very little. James F., grumpy. 
So who's TJ's seat filler when he goes to the bathroom? Well, I just carry the load for both of the teams. There it is. The TJ side and mine. Matt S says, you know who has actually played well, but nobody talks about him? Sezekis. Casey Sezekis has played much better this year. He has been good. I mean, very aggressive. I mean, noticeable last night on his forecheck. I thought he's really good. He suffers from Casey Sezekis things, though. He's just not really great around the net. Just is. Christian O, grumpy. Christian, we met him and his lovely girlfriend. Hey, oh, nice Bucky's shirt. And That's right. Look at all the compliments I'm getting on this fantastic shirt. You know, Christian is from the Dallas or in the Texas area because those are the only people who even heard of Bucky's. Bucky's. What's your take on Bellows? Looks like he did nothing with the Flyers, and now we didn't pull him back off waivers. What's going on there in your opinions? TJ, go ahead. Tackle that one. I think bound. I, you think about we gave him a two, we gave him a two year contract, Kiefer Bellows, right? Two years, one point one million a year, if I recall. Okay, I didn't know if it was one or two years. I got to look that up, but I'm okay, pretty sure I'm it's a two sure. year deal. But oh. for my opinion, is it's tough to catch on with a team. It just a one year deal. It's yep, tough to catch on with a team. I mean, I here's the Tortorella is the coach of the Flyers. I mean, he played first line one night, third line another night. I don't know what his minutes were, um, but it didn't work out for him. He must have been crushed when the Islanders put him on waivers. I think he thought that he did enough in the preseason uh, to merit a spot on the starting team with the Islanders. I did as well, and I think they just kind of said, nope, you're never going to make it here. At least they cut him. Um, It wouldn't surprise me if he gets picked up somewhere else. I don't know what his career is going to be. I feel bad for Kiefer Bellows because here's the thing. He did play well enough, in my opinion, to get a shot. And the first game he gets action of, he plays like six minutes. He never, they, never had, they never had an – I don't know why the hell they signed him to a one-year $1.2 million deal if they really had no intention on doing it. Because, again, I thought he played well in the preseason. And he went to Philly. Philly is an absolute clusterfuck. Dumpster fire. Are, dumpster fire is too gracious, and that's why I used the verbiage I did. They are – awful and look at the time period when he's been picked up right we talk about oh the only reason he's getting a chance is because they're struggling so bad well just as a little a little ding ding little update the flyers have lost 12 of their last 13 games that's the entire time Kiefer bellis has been there so the flyers have been playing miserable hockey Kiefer bellis is there over that time period. people say well the reason they're playing miserable hockey is because they've got Kiefer bellis on that team the flyers just out and out suck True. And the fact that he's been saddled, that's a team that he got his next little tryout for playing bottom six minutes on a team that's lost 12 of the last 13 games. I feel bad for him. You know what I mean? Like when you get cut like that, you don't have your pick or your, 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 you know, you don't have your selection. You don't have the druthers of, of a selection, your picks. So you kind of got to go whoever, whoever goes ahead and claims you. Unfortunately, it was the Flyers. And unfortunately, he was saddled on a bottom six role for a few little bit of time. I'm not saying this kid is Gretzky. He's the greatest thing since Bobby Hole. I think he's enough to be a consistent NHLer. And I think that we didn't give him a valid chance. And the next chance he gets is like rolling up for the Arizona Coyotes. Um, can you remind us again who's the only team that they've beaten that stretch? Oh, yeah. Uh, out of the last 13 games the Flyers played, they've only got one win. That win is against us, against the New York Islanders. Ugh. And it was a game, honestly, that wasn't that close. Yeah. Or it was close is what you meant to say. Um, 
You said that wasn't that close. I thought that yes, I'm sorry, correct. But I thought I thought that we really again that was a game where we didn't play great the first couple of periods. I thought it was a somewhat close game when we came back towards the tail end. They want to Yeah, again, yeah, but I'm just saying overall. Goon goon grumpy. Grumpy's on fire tonight. My only concern is will he eventually become too hot to handle? That's a He's going supernova. He's going supernova. I got to watch out. I can't hold on to him anymore. Yeah, that's James right. F. Grump. I think Aaron Judge is going to the Giants, guys. The Yankees' contract is too long for his age. Comments? We will be talking about that tomorrow. From now, what I heard that he's going to be getting a nine-year deal. That's way too long for me. Uh, if I'm the Yankees, I'm saying see you later. You Hall want to of go to the Giants? Aaron Judge, Grumpy. He, he will not make the whole thing. Hall of Famer, Aaron Judge. No. Anyway, Jim P. Grumpy. Simon can play D and can skate with skill. That's why he's on the left wing one. No, no. I don't no. think he skates that well. He's an okay skater. He's an above average skater. I think he's, that's where he projects to be, above average. He's, once just, he hits his he's just a third line guy. That's what he is. No. Goon Goon says here, and, and the other thing is too, I want my top line to have the most skill on it as humanly possible. Right? For the matchup, I want a, my third line to be the shutdown line. Goon Goon, Grumpy. Is Grumpy turning into a shock jock tonight? He's saying some things that would make a sailor blush. Actually, I thought I was very selective with what I said. I don't think I said anything profane at all. I don't know. You brought up that one lady who I'm sure did. Kabasa queen. Yeah. Tony Chi says, Grumpy, super not, not, not so friendly for work tonight. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize uh, that. There it is. Oh, well. John M saying, uh, Barzal is playing much more confident and with passion this season. He's been great. It's, he hated, hated playing for trots. Hated it. It was so obvious to anyone who watched his play, listened to press conference conferences from trots, listened to him when he answered questions about trots. That he hated him. Mm. Hated him. He's happy. I'm sure he's happy that he's gone. That's yes. for sure. Well, no, he. but Matt Barzal never said one negative thing about Barry Trotz leaving his head coach, Grump. Don't you remember? That's what we were told. Yeah, because that's what he came out there and said to the press. He said, "Oh yeah, no, he was very important to us. We like all this other bullshit." Yeah, hate read between the lines. Hate him. Goon grumpy. Any other old geezers Lazy Lou can acquire? Heck, I bet he'd get a good five to ten year old farts for Sorokin. I just would it surprise me if he went after uh, just the guys that he picks up aren't difference makers. I mean, if you're going to trade away first-round draft picks at the deadline, you have to get difference makers, not just third-line players. That's where he's really lost. You can get so the teams that are really talented can add a piece of like a gritty player, or a sandpaper player for a first first-round pick because they're going to be getting you know one of the last picks in the first round, and their team already has so much talent that all they need is a grit player. We're the opposite. We are freaking rife with grit players, but not enough talented players. So uh, one guy, one guy, maybe two. John M says, smash the like button. That's right. Smash. smash that like button, as John M says here. Drew L. Grumpy. TJ, I hate to break this to you, but once you open the cap, that's when you grab the dipstick. I know this because I used to fly airplanes. There it is. I told you, get the cap open. Boop, grab the dipstick, Grumpy. John no. M oh says, God. TJ, never wears a T-shirt unless he buys it. At a gas station. Yeah, that's a good one. I slam it. I like it. Matthew S. said he's upset, obviously, about U.S. losing. Uh, Jacob DeGrom. Yep. 
two disappointing things for certain. Rob G said, yes, the hunters pissed me off. I'm over it though. Okay, good. Because I, Rob cannot go negative. Rob's the last bash. If, if Rob goes negative, man, things are really, really bad. Look at the giga chat himself. Sal P grumpy. Look at this comment. Let you read it. Good evening, guys. It's been a rough last few games for the boys. We are so Jekyll and Hyde. They they can look like world beaters for a little stretch, and then you get stretches where we can't do anything right. Our record is much better than I thought it would be, but our offensive consistency is the same issue we've had forever. And I'm sick of Bavillier being in the lineup every night. He's achieved Bailey level. He's not. He's doing does nothing but lose the puck. Wow. Um, I'm going to disagree with the Bavillier thing, but if he's included in a deal where you can get somebody like a Bo Horvat, for instance, you move him. Absolutely. Bailey level, Grumpy. Uh, nobody's at Bailey level. Maybe <laughs> Simon Holmstrom. That's it. Holmstrom can only dream of Bailey level. He can only aspire. He can only aspire. He can, that's right. Don't set your goals out high, Holmstrom. Chris, disappointment. Chris says, question for Grumpy. How do you feel about the trade rumors regarding Bo Horvat coming to New York? I don't think we have enough to, to get him. Neither do I. And uh, it's all around this, too, because Horvat, I believe, was sat. We'll get to that comment here in a second, but I think Horvat was a healthy scratch tonight. Nick D, Grumpy. Roscoe P. Coltrane. Do you know what show he was on, TJ? Couldn't tell you. The Dukes of Hazard says, Enos, you dipstick. Mm. Nick D also got a comment there for you, Grumpy. TJ, Grumpy, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing well, Nick. You think Lou will call up some more players to get some playtime with the big club? I don't know. I think you've seen what he wants to bring up. They're just bottom six guys. I, we're just a team of bottom six guys. Do we have Steve Bernier we can call up? Can we call up Steve Bernier still? Can we find a way to bring him back to Bridgeport so we can call him up? That's a possibility. Maybe Yan Kovar. Can we bring up him? <laughs> Chris Grumpy. Chris says, I'm all for giving young players chances, but unfortunately, I hate to say this, but I don't feel Ratu um, nor, nor DeFore is ready to compete at the NHL level last, yet. Now, DeFore might not be, but I think Ratu could be, to be honest with you. Here's the thing. Simon Holmstrom is not as good Correct. or does not have the compete level that uh, Atu Ratu has. I saw them both up close. There's no comparison between those two players. None at all. Simon freaking Holmstrom. Simon, the bottom six Holmstrom. That's where he belongs. Gungun says, what's more boring, soccer, college football, or algebra? Wow, Gungun, you're making it a tough question here. Algebra. Algebra. I'm going to go final answer. Matthew S. says here, by the way, I'll let you read that. Mr. Baffy Mr. Daffy. Baffy Daffy was on TV in the Islander store yesterday. I believe Tony Cheese has the clip. Maybe he was arrested for stealing Islanders merchandise. <laughs> well, emptying out the trash cans. No, they said, Don't the let this man in. Tony Cheese sent this to me, Grumpy. He's I, I woke up this morning. He's like, I, I think I have a Coach Tommy B sighting. And here he is, Grumpy. Coach Tommy B. He was on TV. Oh, my gosh. Is there anything he won't buy? Hey, man, I like it. I like all the swag he's got going on there. Oh, it's no, it's not a video. No, I don't have the video. Oh, okay. No, it's just, I think it's just a, a it's just a picture. Okay, it's Coach Tommy B. Grumpy. Yeah, look at him. He got a new scarf, got a jacket, got a new hat. 
No, I think that's a drive for five scarf. I couldn't tell you. Paul O.C., Grumpy. Guys, if we think the Islanders are bad, the Rangers have only one win in the last five games and lost Toronto last night and are losing to Chicago 3-1 to after two, both games at home. They suck more than we do. I agree. They're struggling big time. I, it's, I mean, they're close to us in the standings, and I don't know what that really says. How do you think? But, them, how do you think them releasing or trading away Ryan Reeves has benefited the team? If I don't. Will? How much does it really hurt the team, though? I think it's hurt them a bit. They're a soft team. They're charm and soft, and Ryan Reeves was like a tough enforcer that they needed. Well, that's why they traded for him. But I mean, I think they they did want they got killed tonight, five to two. So yikes. Yikes, 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 grumpy. But hey, maybe they've softened the the red the, the uh, Blackhawks up for us. <laughs> yeah, they softened them up. It's like when you're opening up a jar or something like that. You got all I loosened it up for you, grumpy. Yeah. Um, Thomas B. Grump. Gents, Ratu is a center. That's why he's not up. He needs to play at the A. I don't have a problem with him playing at the A. He needs to play at the A. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing too, though. To a certain extent, we've talked before about how some centers on this team would benefit from a little bit of a you know a, a they you know they win the faceoffs. But I mean, you could shit. You could you could run John Gabriel Peugeot as a wing, who's got that nice cross body yeah. shot. I like the what I've seen out of John, John Gabriel Peugeot's had a little bit of a bounce back year this year. Yep, I'd like what he's. It's early yet, but I've liked what I've seen from him early. Um, you know, you can get creative is the big thing with that, Thomas. And, you know, I know he's a center, but you can get creative with it. It's when you look at it, I think to my, and Ruslan Ishikov is a wing. He's a wing who puts up points. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's, that's maybe a guy we need to look at. Drew L. Grumpy. People are here complaining about Sorokin playing 56 games when Luongo uh, in 2011 played 73 games. He was great that year too. Um yeah, I don't think the games is really that much of an issue, particularly as long as you're getting rest early in the year. I mean, because at the end of the year, you want your best goalie in that all the time. And come playoff time, the, the, your number one is going to start every single night. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, picking up some – moving Varlamov and picking up some cheapy guy who makes $2 million a year to put him on your roster for the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Frank here says – Hey, yo, what's up? What's up, Frank? How are you? Um, Chris has got a comment there for you, Grumpy. We need to build up and make moves for players' offensive talent instead of just always relying on Barzal, who clearly is just having an off year this year. I'm sorry. I don't know what you're looking at, Chris. Barzal's been great this year. He's been sensational. I like what I've seen in Matt Barzal. I couldn't be more thrilled with what he's done, that's for certain. He's been dom- To me, he's been dominant. He's like... It's like a man among boys out there, and our guys just kind of stand back and just watch. Hey, he's no everything. He, we are going to love the the additional progression in the leadership we see out of Matt Barzal for years to come. Couldn't yeah. be more excited about what he's done. Lamarillo has to go out, or whoever has to go out and get a forward who can play with Matt Barzal. Has to. Mm. Chris says our power play at the start actually was phenomenal. Then. Came a few bad games, and the games against Nashville, it turns out to be utter crap. Um, I don't know. I like how our play, power play has been for most of the year, to be honest. We struggled the last few games, but, I mean, like, we're yeah. usually we're usually bottom of the barrel on the power play for under trots, and we haven't been that this year. Yeah, I think we've been 
much better than we have in the past. Adam P., how are you doing this evening? Chris also saying, a question for TJ. Ooh. Do you think the Islanders will sign a core player during the se- this season's offseason? Off I don't think so. No. Nope. I'll be interested to see what – I think a lot of it has to depend on what happens with Lou Lamarillo. If Lou Lamarillo – right, this is the last year of his deal. If he's gone, if he steps away, if something happens with Lou Lamarillo and we get a new change of, of – of, we get a new change of general manager, and we get a new vision on what the team should be. You could start to see some some serious shifting and changing. Just really depends on what's going on with Lou. Will he still be general manager at the end of this year? Long story short, we need high end talent on this team. Period. Yep. It's what's holding us back. My little brownie grumpy. Biggest bars he concerned, he'll be stuck with subpar players his entire career on the island. Well, that is a problem. I think if you see another regime change come in, they're going to change that. I agree. I agree that. Drew I mean, L says, yeah. I wear Simon Holmstrom's. Hold on. I swear Simon Holmstrom's head is shaped like a deformed sweet potato. It does look like that. Good gracious. And the bro's got a chin that could cut diamonds, says Pony Boy. Oh, Michael Bechet, grumpy. Whenever you have a winning culture, it always carries over in the future, but we always manage to screw it up. I I think we have a winning culture now. Um, we just don't have enough difference maker players. You can't have a whole team of grit guys. At the end of the day, you need some talent to win a Stanley Cup. You do. The best teams are the teams that have unbelievably talented players but take the grit type of mentality of being an everyday nhl or to to the to the ice that's i mean the guys who are just like the blue collar s type they've got unbelievable talent but take the blue collar mentality those are the most talented players always have and always will be um goon goon says if greedo didn't act so greedy could he and han solo have kissed and made up okay here's the thing that's what makes a space pirate a space pirate. You are greedy. You don't think rationally. He got what he got as just desserts. He got pippity popped right there in the bar. See you later, Greedo. You're done. Mario Grumpy. There we go. Mario says the Bismarck was a German battleship that sunk the HMS Hood with one shot. The Hood was the flagship of the Royal Navy. There you go. There it is. There it is. And Adam P said, I wound up hating the guy, but wasn't Ryan Smith considered a top guy back in the day? He just didn't want to come here, period. He played his whole career in Edmonton. He did not want to play for the Islanders. Yep. Boy Curtis says, I went to the Rangers Islanders game at Barclays one year with my pregnant girlfriend at the time and her little brother and pandemonium broke out on the train ride home. Just on my cart alone, three insane drunken fistfights. One of them, I had to shield my pregnant girlfriend with my body. I think he mind. He's really making himself sound good here. I'm going to bet she had to protect him from a. Uh, That's what I think. Oh no, no, no! And she's uh, like, "Don't hit him! Don't hit my! I mean, I have a baby. Springer. I have a baby. Don't hit him, please. He's got to help me." Uh, my little my brownie. little brownie says, "Okay, which team has been the biggest surprise, whether good or bad? For me, it's been Boston. I thought they were done and headed into rebuild mode. Same here. I, I, 
I thought they would make the playoffs, but I thought they'd be like number four. And they've been what a, the change in coaching staff has been wonders for them. Uh, I, on the negative side, I think we'd have to say, um, gosh, I don't know. Maybe how bad St. Louis has been this year. I didn't really expect too much from them. I okay. then maybe Florida. I was about to say maybe Florida. They're winning tonight, yeah. but maybe Florida if I'm picking a team. The Canucks, too, are another one of those teams. I know they didn't play last year, but I'm like, how the hell do they get worse? How do they continue to take a step backward? The Flames have been kind of underwhelming this year, too. From where they were last year, yeah. So, yeah, I was about to say, like, if I'm talking about the biggest negative surprise, the Panthers, maybe the Flames, teams that, I mean, the Flames had quite a bit of change up. And so, the Pan- isn't it ironic that both teams who made those big trades are having a little bit of struggle out of the gates? takes time to get those guys in your system. And I guess, you know, Colorado's been a little bit underwhelming too. Yeah. Um, if you think about it, but they'll be fine. They'll be fine. They want up they want up getting beat tonight by the Devils, I think. Devils beat them um Oh, I'm sorry, the Bruins beat them 5 to 1. Yeah, Bruins are good. Yep. 20 and grumpy. 20 and 3 the Bruins are this year. Unreal. Alexander, hey, what's up, guys? Another bad showing by our boys yesterday versus Nashville. Simon Holzer is freaking awful. If he was a quarterback, he would be Tua Tunga by Oh, man. I no, I can't do that. He'd be way worse than Tua. He'd be, I, thought you were about to say, say, I thought you were about to say he'd be way better than Tua. Alexander says, looks like Brock Besser's on the move, and Brock Besser's a healthy scratch, says Jim. Would you take a role at Brock Besser? How about Brock Besser? For Anthony Bavillier. Would they make that deal? I don't know if they would, but I would. Uh, yeah, I'd make a deal like that. But I mean, I would think. something else you want to throw in? I'm not giving up draft picks, but something else. Maybe they can use some veteran leadership. I I mean, that's a guy I think could. He's on a three year deal at 6.6 million per. Yeah. I mean, so we can take some salary. That's okay. We got money. Yeah, I'd take a deal like that for a guy like Brock Bass. I mean, Bo Brock needs a change of scenery, too. So does Brock. Yep, I think they both do. Maybe that's a deal that helps both players. Um, uh, Adam P. said, our team won't make a move. You know, no, this is what you got. Our team won't make a move. They're close to up against the cap. Only Varley comes off the books. Not true Mayfield also. They need to pay Sorokin. But those two guys are coming off the books. You move them for draft picks at the deadline. Must happen. It must happen. It's not going to. Well, get ready because you could make a not a seamless because they should have been doing it already, but a gradual transition. They could have done it if they were smarter in the front office. They haven't been. Adam P says, yes, they will certainly need more defensemen in case of injury. Adding well, at the deadline. I think adding at the realistically, we need a top line forward and another de- depth defenseman. Helen Yeller says the Ducks jerseys look cool tonight. Must have been those reverse retros. Um, Frank says someone on here said it. Uh, maybe we're trying to shop Holmstrom, get him playing better and trade him for the 190, 197th pick. If they wanted to improve his value, the last thing they should do is play him. <laughs> Oh, man, oh, man. And if Trotz was coach, Romanoff wouldn't see five minutes of ice time. Yeah, he would have been benched. Or he'd be in the minors. 
Tony G says, I miss Jamaica, Queens. Nothing like it around here in Boston. Very true. Jeff Feynman says here, how are we going to comment into this thing? Well, you did, Jeff. Just comment below, and we'll read to it when we get to it, Jeff. Uh, Jim P. Grumpy. Trading Ryan Reeves was a big mistake. Now there's no one to protect the prima donnas. I don't know if they're getting roughed up or not. I just think that they had, you know, Sisirkin had a career year last year. And I just don't think their defense is that good. I mean, you've seen some struggles. They got Trocek. They lose Strom. You know, you don't know the chemistry in the room. Very, very difficult to tell, uh, you know, what's wrong with them right now. I think their younger guys have been doing okay this year. You see them starting to step up a little bit. Mm. Um, got a few more comments here, Grumpy. James F. says here, Rangers play the Mets. Texas Rangers play the Mets August 28th through the 30th. Um, I don't think he'll get booed. I really don't. The, the Mets fans should not boo him. I agree. I like all the fans who are out there saying regarding the Mets. Oh, well, it's, you know, he only got this many wins for us last year. We paid him this much. You know, we won this many games without him. I'm like, dude, Jacob DeGrom is a freaking Cy Young caliber pitcher, Hall of Fame caliber pitcher, and you just let him walk. Yeah. Adam P. Grumpy. The last good thing Lou could do is get the frick out. And he also says, do you guys like Shannon better? I can't stand her nonsense. At least AJ played. I like Shannon Hogan. She's a person of the people, and I like what she does. And they have two different roles, which I think is important. Yeah. I AJ is okay if she has – she's good at breaking down certain things, but she can't ad lib at all, where I think that Shannon is a warm presence – I think the people like her. I don't think she knows a whole lot about the game per se, but she's very likable. Yes. And that's what you want from your studio host. Correct. Somebody who's likable, likable, relatable, and a person to the people. And Shannon yeah. does all those things. Yes. Um, Nick D says here, Demko is out for at least six weeks. Do you think oh. the, the you think the Canucks will search oh, out? Man, home? how about Varley for here's the thing. Last year, remember. Varlamov has that that modified no trade clause. Screw him. The sixteen team no trade list. All the Canadian teams were on that list last year. Is it is it the same thing this year or is it less onerous? Uh, I think it's the same way, but let me check here. I mean, because he has to be moved. If you could get one of those young players, like how about Bavillier and Varlamov for Horvat? I would do that. It's not getting me a first-round draft pick back, but you're getting a young player who's a freaking stud who supposedly won move, and they get, you know, Bavillier who can help them out and Varlamov who would absolutely help them out. 16-team no-trade list. Well, I don't give a shit. I, 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 you could wave him too, and he could go to some trash organization because somebody would pick him up. Those are your options. That's what Tampa did. That's what they did with McDonough. Mm-hmm. They said, yeah, um, we can waive you a trade unit. Who was it? Uh, was it Dallas or Nashville? It was, to, uh, yeah, Nashville. Okay. You want to get in trade? What do you think of Bardreau, says State of Survival? All right. He's some. He's a kid that I actually used to know. So I like him. He's, he's a bottom six guy. And as I've said on this show before, he was like the man here in Charlotte playing hockey. The man when he was a kid. So much better than everybody else. And in the NHL, you know, he's just a bottom six guy. I don't I don't dislike him at all. I, 
I like his style of play. He he could fill in for Casey at any time. Absolutely. Um, Pony McCurse says, yo, AJ was shitting all over Butch last night. It was oh. mad. I didn't know. Uh, I wasn't literally oh. listening to it. I just watched the game. I was walking through stores shopping. I was like, oh. I didn't hear. Oh, That's not me. right. I'm Come sorry. On. I'm sorry. You shouldn't rip on Butch. Alexander Grumpy. Who cares about the Jets? I remember when people said that Wilson was better than Tua. Man, that, that Alexander is going to die on that Tua hill. He likes the hill. He, he's he's entrenched himself, Grumpy. He is, I mean, he's trench like, warfare. The whole family's living on top of the hill. Everybody. <laughs> he's not moving out anytime soon. Rich R says Ratu scored the most impressive goal during preseason. He yeah. was really good during preseason. Really good. And uh, Giorgio's Papa Scrumpy. We need more offense. Too many inconsistent players. Bavillier, Pajot. What's up with Pelican Dobson this year? Super sloppy, very inconsistent, even though I really like RD. Pelican looks like he's lost a step or two. Uh, think I about think, how many surgeries he's had and injuries he's had, too. Yeah, he just looks like he's lost a step. And I think Dobson's been pretty good. He doesn't have a defense partner. He's got Aho, which means that he's got to play defense. That's it's like a really good defensive uh, offensive defenseman need to have a rock back there with them, so they can do what they do best. He's not the greatest defense defensive defenseman. He's not. No, but you know he what is he is a modern day NHL defense. That's right. That's exactly right. If you look at him, he is really uses his body well along the boards to separate. Uh, the opposition from getting the puck. He's really good at that. Aho is not a fit for him. Too small. I like Aho, but he's a bottom pairing guy. If Romanov had panned out, we'd be singing a different tune. He hasn't yet. He might still. Got a comment here from Rob G. He said, buy up your Sorokin upper deck rookie cards now, boys. He's the next Islanders goalie Hall of Famer. Rich sounds like you talking about Baseball player X, it doesn't here's, matter. Here's the thing. Sorokin, hey, man, how do you make your Hall of Fame? Start winning a few Vezinas. That definitely helps the case. does help. Uh, Andrew L. said, official Deion Sanders, Colorado head coach. It's funny. We were talking about that on Thursday. He mm -hmm. is going to do great things for that Colorado program. You know what? Watch, watch out, USC and Lincoln Riley. Watch out. Deion Sanders in one year is going to be able to go ahead and punch above his damn weight. I'm telling you, watch out, Grumpy. That Deion Sanders Colorado coach team is going to be a tricky one. I think that's a great hire by Colorado. Couldn't be more excited for that. Good okay. for Deion. We'll Good for find Colorado. out. I'm a little bit less enthusiastic than you are. Rich, Rich Rogencrantz says here, um, Lou did right this offseason. He didn't break the bank. Will things change at the deadline? Well, he breaks up the bank. He mortgages off the house, sells his kids and his wife, just to takes get the home, takes the home equity line out. Yeah, it takes the mortgage out. Exactly. Second mortgage on a house, Grumpy. Ugh. Just to get some ham and egger who's a third or fourth line player and put him on the first line. It's what he does every We day. are going to break the bank, and it's going to make me very sad, Rich. I'm going to lose my freaking mind. I am too. Because we know it's going to be for somebody mind. we don't need to. It's I don't want Patrick Kane. I don't want anybody like that. I don't want a 34 year old to come in here. That's not the. We're not winning a Stanley Cup this year. We're not winning a Stanley Cup. Just transition to the next phase. Just do it. Don't be afraid, Lou. Just do it. 
Rob G. Grumpy. Uh, Brock Nelson has been really good this year, and Anders Lee, they're all playing well. It's a lot of the other guys that need to, to stop to step it up. See, I think Brock Nelson has been good offensively, shooting the puck, um, but he's not been great defensively. And I think Anders Lee has just been terrible this year. He's good. He was deflecting pucks in, hitting rebounds in early. He hasn't done anything for quite a while. And that's the only part of his game that's above, uh, you know, average or below average. Mm. Above or below average there. Uh, Rich R says, Grumpy, I'm in sync with you. If you never need a night off there, uh, off for a happy massage, I'll fill in for you. No comment on that. Oh, good gracious. Matthew S. Grump. Vancouver would never do it. Every Islanders fan would. Yes, I agree. Um, and then we got here. Brett W. says, can't really hate on Tua unless you're a Jets fan. All he does is win. The Finns have lost. Uh, the, the Finns probably have not lost a game when he's played this year. You want to know there's another quarterback in the NFL is awful like, like that too. All Jimmy Crapolo. I thought you were going to go even back. further back. No, I'm going to use modern-day quarterbacks. Jimmy Crapolo, uh, no, not him. Um, Tim Tebow, grumpy. No. Jimmy all, Crapolo, win. all Jimmy Crapolo did and does is win regular season games, but in the big moment, they kind of choke and gag it away. Sorry. Andrew L said, I'll take Brock Besser. That's another guy who could, you know, could use a change of scenery. And sometimes that's a deal that works out for both guys. Both players play better with a new team. Punter Curtis says, Grump, what's, what's your favorite InSync song? I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure they've had some catchy little pop tune that I know, but I could not name one. Now, the Backstreet Boys had a song that uh, TJ used to love. I want it that a, way, right? That's right. And that's a great pop song without a yeah, doubt. He said, what's your favorite? I like yeah. I Want It That Way as a kid. Absolutely. I, I want it that way. Grumpy, you were singing a song earlier today. Do you remember? Or you were playing with the song do, earlier do, today. Do, do. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Okay. You want me to put it on you for you? Yeah, man, that's, a, that's a rock and bopping tune. I like it. Grumpy, even though we have talked about this beforehand, we talked about this when uh, when DS came out of the pin. Grumpy apparently never actually listened to the full Narcos song, and he was dancing for us. Hold on, I'll play it there for you, Grumpy. Grumpy, did you get your little fill in? Yeah. You say see, you that's good, to... see, that's a good song. You know, I, I'm in the old, you know, all that stuff that people, oh, well, this is this album is great. This album, no, no, no. Okay. I believe in the Dick Clark American Bandstand Theory. It's got a good beat and you can dance to it. That's what music is all about. <laughs> uh... tell, me that, tell me that song does not get you on your feet. Hey, who does not like that song? Who does not like that song? It's impossible not to like. Just impossible not to like. 
Oh, man, oh, man. Um, Alexander says, uh, Tua is undefeated when he starts and finishes game. Tony Chi says, Lou doesn't trade for picks. He's in win-now mode until father time says otherwise. Uh, Gotta love that, don't you? I hate um, that. <laughs> Michael Boucher, grumpy. If Lou goes, guess what, guys? Fredo will be the next general manager. Just what we need. Blah. Yeah, Michael, this is your first time listening to the show. I'm just going to tell you that we have been on the get rid of Fredo Lamarillo's uh, bandwagon for quite a while. Yes, yeah. we absolutely yeah. have. <laughs> uh, Brett W. says, Grump. Why when was the we- last time you heard Lou Lamarillo say anything positive about anyone? The answer is never. But, man, when they talk about Fredo, he's like, man, he is the smartest guy in hockey. One of the smartest brains in hockey. Never never managed to find himself an NHL gig, only in the AHL, but one of the smartest minds in hockey. I'm like, here's the thing, bro. He's your kid. Stop it. Take the freaking goggles off, buddy. Take the freaking glasses off, the rosy yeah, glasses. That's it. Look at this. This is Ernest. I remember, is Ernest still alive? Who does no, those he's videos? dead. He's been dead for quite a while. James, really? Jim Varney's been dead for quite a while. Huh. Grump, why wouldn't he, though? He's been the best Dolphins quarterback since Marino. They'll be in the playoffs for sure. He, they will not be in the playoffs. And here's the thing. The Dolphins will make the playoffs, just like I predicted in week three. I got a little shaky there when they lost three in a row, but I'm back on the Dolphins will make the playoff bandwagon. <laughs> and, shall I say, deservingly so, that's not the reason why they're going to make the playoffs. It's the weapons around him. I'm not yeah. saying they win in spite of him. I will say that they win – uh, that he's a supplementary piece is what yeah. I'll say. Drill says, Rangers, what happened to you? How do you lose to the Blackhawks? Yaroslav Halak is giving away goals like strangers do with free candy. Well, don't speak too soon, Drew, because we might be saying the same thing. No, if we lose we're not going to lose to them. Okay. Stop, yeah, to, stop, stop uh, spreading your bile. just that bile that comes out of your mouth. It is there. Grumpy. Paul. For me, Paulo C says, oh. for me, the biggest surprise so far is Jersey, but I did expect them to make the playoffs. I did not. Boston is a surprise, but uh, but with Bergeron not retiring, Krejci back, I expect them to still be good. Okay, not 20 and three good, and I did not expect the Devils. I didn't even think Devils were going to make the playoffs. I thought they improved. I, you, I thought they were going to fight with us for the last playoffs. You, you did say that. Admittedly so, you did say that. And I'm like, and I remember saying, man, losing to the Devils early in the year, man, that's a crap loss because they dominated us. And, you know, those are the teams that give us trouble, teams that can skate and forecheck. They give us – they're like death to us. They can do that. And here it is, looking back on it, that really wasn't a bad loss at all. <laughs> uh, Andrew L. said here, um, the other night uh, she said she loved playing in opposing buildings because of all the ruckus. Like, lady, WTF are you talking about? The attendance is always four people every night. Those women came, so goodness gracious. Oh, you must uh, be talking about AJ, right? AJ Alaska, yes. yeah. I didn't it's know she family. said I, I, You know, here's the thing. AJ was a solid defenseman, I think, for Team USA. Um, but it's like, come on, AJ. I mean, what did you – you probably heard – it's probably easy to hear somebody ripping you. Hey, comb your hair out there, number whatever you are. Because there's nobody else in the stands. Okay. Alexander Grump. Guys, honestly, I admit that I wanted to have gone after his rookie year, but I changed my tune in the offseason. I was calling for the Dolphins to go a different direction. But this season, 
Tua is proving everyone wrong. Lou, just do it. Make this Islanders team better. I tell you what, Alexander gets a pass talking about the Dolphins because if you've been a Dolphin fan for a long time, you know what suckitude is. Michael Bechet also says, go Grumpy Go, you're on fire tonight. Yeah. Grumpy, you're delusional dancing like that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Jewel there says, Grumpy, used to making some hip-hop bangers with his brother Murray. Oh, God. Murray. Murray. It's Murray. Nick uh -huh. D said, oh, Tony Cheese, you have some work to do. That was great, Grumpy. <laughs> And Grump, you're a Led Zeppelin dude. Absolutely a Led Zeppelin dude. But I like that that little uh, Timmy trumpet. trumpet thing. Yeah, it's great. And actually, there was another song because I said I we said, stumbled upon it earlier. I this stumbled is another upon it earlier. We'll the, show. the show, and I was uh, yeah, man. That's that, that's good. I I tell you what, Grumpy said, play Timmy trumpet, and I'm like, Timmy trumpet's an artist, Grumpy. And it like ran across one of his songs that was pretty good. He was dancing. It was actually a better time than when he danced to this. But I said, Grumpy, probably the song you're talking about is Narcos. And Sun X had to go ahead and confirm that. And you didn't know the name of the song. We had to call Sun X to tell us the name of the song. Don't make it sound like you told me it was the song was Narco. Sun X. It's ingenuous as usual. No, no, no. Sun X, huh? Grumpy Andrew Allen's got a comment there for you. If Tony Cheese had half a brain, that would be a great clip for the channel that's been dead for God knows how long. Wow. <laughs> At least they're picking on Tony today, not me or you. So that's a good thing. Tony Chi says, Drew's beating his meat to Grumpy Dancing. Oh, boy, you can tell it's getting late in the show. It is getting late in the show. Um. <laughs> Mario says, what was Snow thinking when he hired Fredo? He probably, because Lou told him to do it. Uh -huh. Hey, do me a favor. Fredo needs a job. He's been working the underpass, uh, you know, for coins. So, you know, at the, at the toll booth. So you got to help him out. Okay. Alexander finally gave us some solace in the answer to what it was here. Uh, Grumpy, TJ, you said you heard somebody scream, Bailey, you bum, oh. at the Dallas game. That was me. Oh, we, we did hear that. Yes. That was great. Oh, my goodness. Brandon Fry said, I know I'm late. I've been gone for a while. While Andy Francis joined the dark side. No, he hasn't joined the dark side. Is he on the dark side? No, he's not on the dark side. Oh, okay. No, I don't know what that means. I thought he was talking negative about the Islanders. He never likes to. I mean, we're going to have, what, seven, eight, 20 goal scores, according to them. Could have potential seven and eight. Uh, my little brownie says, will we ever know the name of Sun X? Poor neglected guy. <laughs> he, I think he's going to like the Sun X. I, I don't even know who called him Sun X, but it's great. Sun X and Dog Z. Um they're both going to be part of the show at some point in time. He's in the process of moving into a new house. So, uh, but he will be on the show. And here's the thing. It's going to be bad for TJ when Sun X comes on board because he's mean to TJ. And it sometimes like, I'm like, knock it off. Stop being mean to TJ because Sun X could be a little acerbic. Let me just put it to you that way. You cervic? What the hell does that mean? Acerbic. Man, grumpy. We are here at the end of the podcast. What do you want to say before we start wrapping things up today? I want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens and even those who don't from, gosh, from TJ and the grumpy old man. Are you all right, grumpy? Is it, is it the Michigan game that's taking you too far away? You can't even do your I'm not watching the Michigan game. I just, I, 
I almost forgot Love and Laughter, and I, I was thinking about that. I almost got that wrong, and then I forgot the second part. Oh, man, man. No, you got it right there, Grumpy. But thank you again, as always, for being a part of the show, Grumpy Old Man. Thank you, for everybody, for tuning into the show. We'll be going live this Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until then, have a great have a great rest of your Saturday evening. Hey, have a- on, there's, there's one more comment that we have to read. Uh, from Alexander. Um, well, we right got towards the bottom. Um, was this one? Yes. Did Sun X bully TJ? No, TJ, it, first of all, TJ is much bigger than Sun X. Sun X is only like six foot two, but he was very, very thin where TJ was always, you know, more stout. And he would always manhandle. Husky was the way they used to say it when you were a kid. I'm wearing the husky size clothes. Husky. Yeah. He Sun X would say that there's TJ in the left corner wearing 300 pounds of pure gussel. Weighing, like, not wearing. God damn. He, he said, and we say, what's gussel? Dream, Gumpy. He said, goob and muscle gussel. And I'm sure when he comes on the show, he will say that. And I just had to say, he would verbally bully TJ, but TJ would physically bully Sun X. There it is. Oh, but man. actually, they're best of friends and it's all just good fun. Uh huh. Abs- absolutely. But yes, thank you everybody for tuning in. Brandon Fry says, and he joined Eyes on Isles. No, he didn't join. He's just, he's a guest. He, he kind of shows up. He's a, I can't remember the exact term he did. He doesn't like labels. He's a boot he looking, doesn't... he's a boot looking oh, is what he is. No, he's not. He's not. He, and uh, Michael M says, it's been a pleasure to have listened to you, gentlemen. Hey, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. Uh, we have a lot of fun every night. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I got to listen to that. I'm listening to their show. I got to listen to it. I like Andy. I, I like what he does. So I got to listen to it. I like listening to his normal podcast. Um, so I got to listen to, I have to listen to him on Eyes On. They completely changed up who does that entire podcast with them. So I will be interested to give probably that a listen. They it's were, on the list. Probably because they were epic failures previously. Stop with that. But I am, I, I do like Andy. I like what he does. He's always a good listen. He's always somebody I enjoy listening to. And he says he doesn't like labels. I can't remember what it is that he's labeled as there, but I like him. I got to listen to it. But uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you again, Grumpy. Thank you, everybody, for tuning and, in. We'll see you guys Wednesday. And join tomorrow night for the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show at eight o'clock. Exactly. Eight o'clock, TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Um, thank you everybody for tuning in. We'll see you guys tomorrow. TJ and the Grumpy Old Man, 8 o'clock. Thank you again, as always, Grumpy. My pleasure.